Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Saturday edition of the audio podcast. What's going on? Hope you're uh, doing well. And uh, first off, I have to apologize, uh, folks. I realized that uh, there was no show on uh, Thursday. No, there, there was no uh, audio podcast on Thursday, and uh, I apologize about that. I uh, I've been in the midst of uh, midterms uh, this week, and uh, you know I have some of them uh, next week too. Um, so I've been you know busy with school, and uh, I just haven't had the time to do as much you know podcast stuff during the week, you know as I obviously would like to. You know, or like I usually do, but you know, because of midterms, uh, you know, obviously it's important that I get that done and you know score high on all of those. So uh, anyway, apologies since there was no um, you know audio podcast on Thursday. Although I will, uh, you know, I will have one this coming week. I'm not sure about yeah. I might that might be when I. I get Matt Dallas to come on the uh, the shows this coming Thursday, but at this point, no promises. So uh, stay tuned for you know, stay tuned to Twitter and to the Facebook page and all of that good you know stuff. And all you know when all of that's happening. Um, I think I made up f- for the missing uh, show, you know, on Thursday with today's show. Uh, folks, I did a two hour, uh, you know, I had a two hour conversation with my, uh, friend Jimmy, who is from, uh, England. He is a political, uh, YouTuber from over in, uh, England. And, uh, he goes under the moniker of, uh, Hojum or Hajum. Not sure how he pronounces that on his, uh, channel. And uh, he does great videos, great commentary videos, kind of just breaking down what's going on, uh, you know, in British politics. And he's another uh, individual I've met who uh, was originally a, a a liberal, I guess you could say, and then uh, you know turned conservative during 2016. And uh, I've met a lot of people like that and I've had a lot of them on the show so it's it's always very interesting to uh talk to individuals like that and find out you know what made them turn and you know how did they go from being liberal to discovering conservatism and uh all of that jazz I think that's always fascinating and uh Jimmy's just a really great guy um and we cover a lot in this podcast I realize it's two hours long but we had fun. It flew by while we we're recording it, and uh, you know, hopefully, you guys will be so engrossed in the conversation that uh, you guys will just thoroughly enjoy it, and uh, you know, stay tuned. So, anyway, folks, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in, and uh, now here's a quick word about our sponsors for the program, and then we will uh, get started with the show. So as always, thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast.
Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Alrighty, folks, and uh, welcome to the uh, Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, and oh, would you look at that? We already have a uh, troll in the chat and one dislike. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I am your host, Sam Whitfield, uh, back after a uh, week-long hiatus uh, from the podcast. I've been doing midterms ex- exams and uh school so i've been busy with that but i'm back now uh officially so glad to be back and i'm glad to uh finally have a long-awaited guest on the program uh hajim from great britain i'll bring him on in a sec first off uh contact info as usual you can follow me on twitter and instagram still not banned from either of those platforms yet at samw underscore ngc uh hashtag whitfield report hashtag sam's savages and uh you can follow me on minds at sam whitfield the samwhitfield.com and facebook.com forward slash whitfield report subscribe to the audio podcast on itunes and uh yeah we're ready to do the show so without further ado uh i'd like to introduce my uh guest Jimmy Hodge. I'm here if I can get the split screen working. So let's see. So uh oh. So uh welcome to the show, Jimmy. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Sam. Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. 
So, uh, first off, I have to <clears throat> just kind of ask, uh, how did you get started doing uh, political streaming? And uh, you have a pretty successful YouTube channel out there, again, called Hajim, that's growing yeah. so Yeah, well, it's, it's successful within a hive mind mentality of... of of a certain group of people but it's not very successful i mean 500 subscribers i mean hey i didn't think i'd get that far but the the way i started it out was um i was off work for a while with illness and uh clown world just kept devolving and more and more into debauchery and i thought well i have stuff to say and no one in the real world i can talk to is going to understand what i'm i'm talking about um so fuck it, I'll get a camera, I'll get a microphone, and I'll just see if people um, are interested in what I have to say. Some people are, some people aren't, but hey, that's, uh, that's just the way it goes. And uh, I, don't, I don't do it for any kind of uh, views or likes or anything like that because it's not at that stage yet. It's just, it's personally quite uh, therapeutic just to sort of, um, it's like writing a journal, but instead of writing it down, you know, you, you, you kind of just speak to the camera and, and air out your frustrations. If people watch it, great. If people don't, I don't I don't really care. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of how I started my uh that's kind of how I started my podcast, you know, about like ten years ago now, eleven years ago, and it was just kind of like kind of like an audio you know, journal for me to document uh you know, then the Obama clown world that we were in here in, yeah. in the U.S. And then uh, about like a year or so ago, someone was like, you know, with all these podcasters, you know, going on YouTube, you ought to move the show over to YouTube. So, you know, I still have the audio podcast, but, you know, it. I've noticed that like some of the smaller channels out there, like, like yours and mine, actually have better quality content. And I think... That's partially because, you know, we're still growing at the base, so we're not, you know, just yeah, endlessly I, shilling I, for content. Well, I mean, for instance, look at where I am. I'm just in my bedroom. You can see all my shit over there. Uh, you're in your house. You've got a beautiful bookcase back there. But it's, it's not in terms of, uh, you know, production value. Uh, massive and I think some people kind of appreciate that because they go okay well you're not really uh, doing this for money uh, I don't make any money out of, of what I do on YouTube it's just a little side thing like I said it's kind of therapeutic for me to do it uh, I think a lot of people sometimes look at stuff like that and think oh you know um, they're not trying to indoctrinate anybody because they're just sat in their bedroom they're just sort of speaking their mind kind of thing and it's like a grassroots internet um, I was going to say uprising, but I don't. I don't know whether that's that sounds a bit intense. But grassroots kind of. Uh, it, how would you describe it? Well, I mean, kind of how I've I've described. It. I don't know if you if you're familiar over there in uh, England with uh, Andrew Breitbart, but he's the one who originally yes. started Breitbart News, and yeah. uh, Andrew Breitbart originally started Breitbart News as kind of like a citizen journalism mm. network and uh you know uh, ironically like a lot of the you know quote unquote citizen journalists that you know he that you know he found went on to become like big you know names like you know but like ben, Sh ben shapiro when he yeah when he met ben shapiro ben shapiro was just a you know a 20 something year old kid at the time and 
Yeah. Now, I mean, whether you like or dislike Ben Shapiro, I, I've kind of, you know, gone back and forth on him over the years. You know, you, I mean, his success and he's, when I interviewed him back in 2012, he had, you know, he's, he admitted this to me. His success was because of Ant was because of Andrew and the Citizen Journal. Yeah, I mean, his, his, mainstream, his mainstream success was probably because of Breitbart. But um, even before that, I mean, he was, I think at age 17, he was uh, the youngest nationally syndicated um, journalist, yeah. columnist yeah, in, in United States history. So, I mean, he was successful before that. But I really think since the uh, 2016 election and clown world and political correctness have sort of entered the mainstream full force, people flocked to people like Ben Shapiro, but he was already there. He was already there. He just, his time wasn't, um, you know, his time in the, the, the sun wasn't when he was 17 or 20. It's, it's now, but I mean, uh, I think he's been successful for a long time. He's written quite, written for quite a few books. Um, I listen to his podcast sometimes. Uh, I like his takes on, on, on quite a few things, but well, he's conservative. He's like a hardline conservative dude. So obviously, some principles are going to align and you're going to you're going to agree with with a, a lot of what he says but there are also things like crowder like i just disagree with uh, and that's fine uh but i know that he's not out to get me or you you know it's a different story with the leftist journals yeah well and also you know like i you know i i interviewed shapiro when i was you know 18 and a senior in high school that's kind of where i made my you know, my bones, and, you know, I, I like Ben, but at the same time, I mean, I heavily disagreed with him during, you know, the, the Trump, uh, yeah, well, he was a never, he's a never Trumper, right, he still is, he, um, he, well, he is, but he's, he's better than, say, Bill Crystal, who, uh, as you guys would say over in England, is just a complete and utter wanker, I mean, Bill, <laughs> Bill Crystal is the guy who wrote for the Weekly Standard, and he's just, he's, I, I see, you know, people in the chat are saying that Shapiro is a, is a warmonger. Uh, Bill, Bill Crystal is even more of like a neocon warmonger yeah. than I would say uh, Shapiro is. Um, yeah, now, the interesting thing is Britain has a weird kind of, um, Britain has like a weird situation o over there just because, I mean, it's, it's clown world over there too, but then I, I see there's like, there's you and, uh, then there's people like Tommy Robinson and also James Dunpole who, I mean, there, there are, Rice for Breitbart. there are it's conservatives, good, good yeah, there are conservatives over in, um, Great Britain and I just, I kind of have to ask i mean we've talked in private but it seems to me like you know britain you know gets stereotyped as being like very liberal as we would classify over here in the states but then you actually talk to a lot of people from great britain and i mean it seems pretty evenly split you know over there yeah, like it I'm is so here i mean look at for instance it's a good point bring up the brexit vote it was close but Brexit won, 51%. You're talking 17 million people uh, who want to leave the European, European Union. That's also 17 million people who are tired of globalism, 17 million people who are tired of being pushed around by a bureaucratic entity that nobody voted for. Um, and it's much like the deep state like you've got in, in, uh, in the US. 
there are conservative people here, mostly working class people. Um, there are people who are tired of the status quo, the way parliaments run the House of Lords, which is our own mini bureaucracy. Add the EU on top of that and it's a whole new... There's no way whatever the, the, the working class voters want to enact, it'll, it'll happen. It, it just It's just not going to work. So we've got to dismantle things from the top down. In the past three years, I think if we were to do another vote, it wouldn't be 17 million people voting for Brexit. It'd be 20, 25 million people because people have seen. I voted Remain back. It was way back in 2016 when the vote happened. I wasn't politically literate as as I like to think I am now. I'm sure I've still got a lot to learn. Uh, But back in 2016, I voted Remain because it's just what people who I was surrounding myself with were doing. Um, But I think a lot of people have seen the way that Parliament and the EU in particular, Angela Merkel, Macron in France, um, Jean-Claude Juncker, all these EU bigwigs, if you will, the way that they've treated the electorate in Britain and the way they've tried to scupper the the, the will of the people, I think a lot of people have sort of been red-pilled by that. Um, And if it was to happen again, the EU would be in for a big shock because it'd be a lot more than 17 million, I can tell you that. Is that, and I, you kind of already done kind of what I was going to bring up next, but, you know, you, you just mentioned that you, you, you know, voted Remain, so you and I have talked a bit before uh, in private, and you've said that you were, you know, kind of like, for for better or worse Bernie. terms, a, a, a Bernie bro. Um, so yeah, what, yeah. I guess, what made you kind of come over to the conservative, move i'm always curious by those stories yeah well to cut a long story short at the time of the uh, the election which trump won in 2016 i was living in america i was living just south of uh, los angeles in orange county and i was with my ex and her family and they were very liberal people and they they really kind of got me into politics but obviously i went in on the wrong side i'd always kind of had predilections to conservative viewpoints um because i'm very close with my dad and i live with my dad now at the time i didn't i was living elsewhere when i was back in england but when i was in america i was living with a bunch of rich liberals essentially so that that kind of rubs off on you and not knowing my history too well socialism sounds great and that's a big problem that we can get into like in the west in general the indoctrination of the youth yeah uh, 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 but um Basically, the relationship I had with this person in America after about three or four years started to to fall apart. We were going separate ways anyway. And then I moved in with my dad and Brexit was, you know, we were being betrayed and stuff. And I even as a Remainer, I was like, this isn't right. I, I may have not gotten the result I wanted at the time of voting, but there's something not right here. This is this is. Say that the Remainers had won and they were treating people like this, I wouldn't be happy. So I think if you've got a good conscience, regardless of whether you're on the left or the right, you can um, you can still see what's going on. And corruption's corruption. And that was kind of what pushed sure. me in that direction. And then, um, you know, I came across people like Crowder, Gavin McInnes, Alex Jones, um, Rebel Media, all that kind of stuff. Paul Joseph Watson's a big one, too. Um and you kind of yeah. go, oh, okay, maybe my old man's making a bit of sense now, you know, because back when I was living in America, we talk about stuff and I go, oh, dad, you know, <laughs> perhaps that's a little bit racist. Or, and, and then looking back on the shit I used to say now, it's kind of like, dude, if, if I could go in a time machine and meet myself four or five years ago, I'd punch myself in the face. I go, shut the fuck up, man. What are you talking about? 
uh, just you wait, you know, kind of thing. So I, I think I think it's what happens with most people. You you are there's a great quote and I can't remember what it was. I think it's it, um, if a man is a social a man under his twenties is a socialist because he's got a good heart or whatever. A man over his twenties who's still a socialist has no brain. Or some, something like that. Yeah. We all want to save the world as 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 young as teenagers and young adults, and it sounds like a great pipe dream. Um, but you need to grow out of it at some point. And and joining the workforce was a big deal for me as well because I realised that the government was taking loads of money out of my paycheck. It's actually start asking questions well where is this going to and you look at the amount of immigration that's coming into this country you look at the amount of people on welfare that don't really need to be on welfare uh, they're kind of cheating the system in a way and you realize that the money that you've earned working is going to them who don't deserve it then you start going okay you go down the rabbit hole of well why do we have a welfare state who are these people why is the government giving people these why are they shutting down factories why aren't people going to work you you naturally go down the route of well now um, economically uh, contributing to the country, I should have some. I, sh- I need some knowledge of the way the system works, and I need some knowledge of of where the money that I'm giving up is going to. And when you realise where it's going to, you you start to realise that um, it's not being spent in the best way possible, uh, and that's a red pill within itself. And then obviously you start getting into more economically conservative points of view. Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was kind of you know raised. Uh, I mean, I've I've always been conservative. I really didn't become, you know, more of like I, I I hate to use the word activist because you know I've always done a podcast like that's not the same thing as political campaigning. But but one thing that really has kind of always caught my uh, you know attention was just kind of this whole uh, you know uh, politically correct. PC culture to where you you can't mm-hmm. really you know say anything with uh you know without offending someone you you have to have you know thick yeah. skin in order to get you know through this world and yeah you know even, I mean well we oh go sorry ahead. continue you want to go or shall I go I oh okay <laughs> I I was just gonna say you know like I've you know obviously you know I have a disability and the audience you know knows that. Um, to, you know, so you have to have a, a thicker skin. And when I, you know, when I started to see, you know, my uh, fellow high school students getting triggered because of jokes and because of, yeah. you know, because I didn't use their, you know, because I didn't use their correct pronouns or whatever, I was just like, oh, you know, you've got to be kidding me. So. Yeah. Um, I mean... I, a great example of that would be a, a few weeks ago I was with my buddies and a girl that I went to high school with for a long time uh, showed up and uh, I was talking to one of my buddies about something and she literally said I found your YouTube channel Jimmy and I think you're a white supremacist and I was like okay adrenaline control everything's going to be fine that's you know we're playing pool or whatever and she says, uh, I saw a video you did on trans people, you're transphobic, and you don't want gay people to have rights. And I was like, now I'm getting pretty pissed because my my own brother is a homosexual. And uh, you basically what you're saying is, I don't believe my brother should have the same rights as I do. Do you really want to think that one through? Yeah. Um, and the, there are so many people like that. It, it, and whatever helps them sleep at night. 
because they don't want to address the real issues. They don't want to address the fact that when you talk about these pronouns and hate speech and you're making it violent, which may, then it then it's a crime, right? They don't want to think about the actual legal repercussions uh, of the decisions that they're trying to make. They just want to they just want a nice little cushy, cuddly world where no one's feelings get get hurt, and uh, it's not it's not reality. And once you get met with reality, uh, they can't handle it. So they call you things like white supremacist. Well, I don't have to talk to him anyway. His opinions aren't valid anyway because he's a white supremacist. Well, who says so? Well, I do. Well, you're not an authority. And the people in authority like the SPLC and all those kind of fucking joke corporations, the people who are actually supposed to be in authority, they do just as bad of a job. So uh, people with, with people on, you know, what I would call the uh, common sense train are disenfranchised in the public space, for sure. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do about it. Uh, thank God for Trump, I guess, but you can't take down Silicon Valley and the media all at, all at once. Yeah, and, and, and Silicon Valley is, right now, I think, you know, it's, I think that's actually a bit, a bigger problem than, you know, than the government at, the, at this point. Yeah. This, this well, is they've what, got more information than the government. Yeah, and this is where I get into like a lot of uh, arguments with hardcore libertarians, and this is probably at the point where a lot of my hardcore libertarian audience are shutting off the stream because they know what I'm I'm about to say. But you know, this is one of those few instances where I, I do think maybe not government intervention, but certainly like a government breakup of the monopolies that social media yeah. media companies have. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm. I would describe myself in in some ways as a libertarian, in the sense that I'm pro legalization of uh, most, if not all, illegal drugs, same stuff like that, um, and you know, live and let live kind of mentality. But I'm not. A, a lot of libertarians, I think, are slight anarchists in disguise. Um, oh yeah, I, I I don't ever recollect in the term. Libertarian mean that you don't want any government at all. You need an institution. Let's look at the, the American Constitution. It's the government's job to uphold those God-given rights. You right. need some government body to be able to do that. And um, if your First Amendment rights, which is what we're essentially we're talking about when it comes to uh, Silicon Valley, if they're being infringed, then it's, it is the government's job, as per the Constitution, to uh, to either break them up, regulate them. Obviously, we're not we're not big pro regulation dudes, uh, mostly on small businesses. But when you've got something as unprecedented, let's, I mean, Facebook only came to fruition in like what? It only became big in 2005, six, seven. It's yeah. not been a very long period of time. Um, and it's taken a long time for the government to react. Uh, but it's not taken a long time for Silicon Valley to put their mark on the political discourse worldwide. And I think um, Britain's not going to do it. The EU's not going to do it. Europe isn't going to do it. The only people with a solid enough foundation in terms of rights, which come from the Constitution, is America. And, and, and luckily, Facebook, Twitter, Google, all those companies are based in America. They pledge allegiance to China, but they're based in America. Um, so the government in America should do something about it. And I think if there's anyone out there that's going to do something about it, it's got to be Trump. It has to be. Who else is, is going to step up to the plate? Yeah, well, it's it's certainly, I mean, it, and it's even gotten to the point where, like, you know, even some like Joe Rogan, who's, you know, a more 
liberal, although, although I, you know, I like Rogan's podcast, but like, you know, even he's yeah. like starting to admit that, yeah, I mean, Silicon Valley ha- has a has a problem. They're now also coming after, you know, my podcast yeah. because I talked to so and so, and you know, we made a we made a crass joke. I mean, stuff like stuff mm-hmm. like that too. You know, and that's like that's the other interesting thing is that like I've noticed that like a lot more, uh, you know, comedians and whatnot too. Um, not you know not you know even like specific you know, like, conservative comedians, but just in general are kind of all getting sick and tired of this politically correct, you know, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, a a big one over here for that is Ricky Gervais. And, I mean, he's probably got left-wing politics. But, uh, same with Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle in in the States has probably got, he's probably further to the left than you and I. Um, But people, ordinary people that weren't political, maybe mostly held left-wing views um, because he's not thought about it too much, are starting to wake up and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, we get that all you're trying to do for trans gay, trans and gay rights is just make their lives easier. We, we understand that. It's a noble cause. But what you're actually starting to do now is infringe on other people's rights, infringe on other people's speech. And that's not okay. You don't, you're not the moral gatekeepers to society. Even though what you believe is doing, you're doing is, is morally correct and above all else, it doesn't work that way. Um, and a lot of people are sort of waking up to that. Ricky Gervais has said, well, you know, I'm going to do my... He's done some some really, uh, what you could call offensive by today's standards anyway, um, sketches and, oh, yeah. and stand-up stuff. But 10 years ago, that was the funniest thing ever. Now, oh my God, it, it, the, the church ladies, the left and all these, these people that want to shut people down are like the church ladies of society. They, so you can't say that and you can't say this. And you, you think you're cool as you're doing it because you've got dyed blue hair. You think you think you're an outcast. No, no, no. You're you're a fucking gatekeeper. You're the you're the Stasi. You're the SS of of society. You're you're the ones going around knocking on people's doors saying, "Please take this picture down," or "You can't watch this channel." It, that's not cool. I. But they yeah. think they are cool. Well, and, well, and what's they think they're doing the right thing. What's funny is like the is like the is like the super. You know, the fringe left has kind of, you know, in a weird way, merged with the uh, super religious right, you know, who wants to, you know, censor, you know, uh, content because of decency or... or I guess so. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to identity politics, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, way, the way leftist minds work is um, what what minority group can we promote and who's it's it's good versus evil all the time with them it's completely black and white world well white straight men are the problem we need to champion or whatever fucking bullshit word they come up with this week um this minority group because they've been somehow downtrodden and they're committing suicide and it's your fault and it's like well i mean we could get into the whole trans thing in statistics but um with with the right wing, it's also like, well, we're we're white Christians, and we believe that we're the, you know, uh, the better race, or we have the best beliefs, and there's something that I it's abhorrent either way. I don't care whether you're a communist and you believe in identity politics, or you're far right and you believe in identity politics. It's not good. Uh, individual right. liberty, individual rights, regardless of your uh, how you were born, is the way uh, we sh- we should 
we should see things. I think that's the most fair way of conducting a society. Uh, but I'm somehow a white supremacist for holding those beliefs. That's so radical for me to say in 2019 uh, that we end up being ostracized. And that's how bad it's gotten. It's so it's so bad that, that 10 years ago, what would be a common sense statement could now land you with jail time. Well, well, what, what's what's dangerous, too, is that the is that the people like you and I who are, I guess, more, you know, where we could be considered more moderate or, you know, centrist as people and, you know, the, the subreddit we both belong to outside. Yeah. Um, we're the ones being called, you know, labeled as Nazis and, and white supremacists. Meanwhile, yeah. uh, you have, like, you have the L. You have the Atlantic over here, like writing profiles on Richard Spencer and being like, "He's a white supremacist," but also he he dresses really sharply, you know, and like and admittedly mm. like lo- looks looks cool. And it's like, what? Why are you? Why are you doing like full? You know, like two or three. They need days? people. They need people to be interested in in the the extreme fringes of political discourse people like richard spencer and the way he dresses because they need people's eyes to be on him and to remember what he stands for so they can also push the narrative uh get the name richard spencer into people's heads make him a household name and then you can use him and go sam whitfield kind of like a richard spencer and people people go oh okay yeah i know where this son of a bit i know where this bastard lies yeah no i know who that guy is he's a white supremacist that's how it starts that's why they do it they don't want richard spencer to die. they need richard spencer because without people like richard spencer their narrative suddenly vanishes because there aren't that many white supremacists around and even if there are so what unless he's actually calling for violence um what are you supposed to do about it he's allowed that opinion i don't agree with it but as far as a private citizen can go, there's not really much else I can do about it. Um, it doesn't bother me. But when you start tarnishing people and saying you're just like him or you're just like uh, uh, tr- Hitler or Trump or whoever else, uh, that's when you've got a problem because you're actually targeting people that you know nothing about. Yeah, it's n- it's not even it's not even that though. It's also the fact that then like, you know, people like you and I and. Uh, Especially like Gavin Gavin McGinnis has gotten actually I think more ostracized than actually Richard Spencer. Oh yeah, or, you know for sure, or for sure, some, or someone. And you know the the other the other thing is you know uh, this whole idea of well you know Gavin had Richard Spencer on his you know old compound show once ergo. So. You know, and, it, and it's like... Uh, well, this is another thing yeah. as well. It, 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 it's it's death by association. Yeah. Well, Gavin had Richard Spencer on his show once. Therefore, uh, he's just like Richard Spencer. It's like, no, he runs a show where he talks to people. It's like a news show. You know, if, if CNN... CNN have had Richard Spencer on, right? Surely yeah. at some point... Okay, so everyone at CNN, Brian Stelter, the rest of the fucking cook squad those wankers over there, they all share the same opinion as Richard Spencer. Shut down because he had Richard Spencer on his show. Well, so did CNN. So did MSNBC. Are they far right? No, of course not. And they don't actually believe it themselves. 
Uh, but there are people fucking dumb enough out there that actually do. Um, and you know what? Is it really that big of a problem if those people don't like us? I don't want those kind of people, those gullible bastards to like you and I anyway. No, I, no, I, no, I don't. But I mean, I guess the, the problem, you know, then there too is these these minority, you know, squads. They're small, but they're loud. And so they'll start, you know, tweeting on you know, Twitter to, mm -hmm. you know, get so-and-so deplatformed, like, I and I always tell people that, you know, if, if they, like, if they hear rumors, you know, about me or something like that to come, you know, talk to me directly. Personally, I, yeah. And I always, and I always, you know, try and give, like, people the benefit of the mm -hmm. doubt anyway, you know, yeah. when, whenever I hear things, because... That's what you should do, whether it's politics or, you know, non-politics or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, uh, oh, uh, Sam Whitfield is a Nazi? Uh, who has this from? Slate? Uh, okay. Um, what I would do is I'd call you or text you and go, hey, Sam, what the fuck's this about? You know? Yeah. But too many people don't. You're right. Too many people don't. They just go, Sam Whitfield's a Nazi from, from the Slate. Oh, okay. Gospel. It's absolute gospel to them. Like, it backs up their worldview. It's perfect for them. There's another white supremacist. There's someone I can direct my anger at. Um, and it works for them. And it sells it sells papers and it, it gets clicks. And that's what it's really all about is the revenue. Uh, CNN would not last if Trump was, was president. Um, their ratings are so bad. And they know it. And if you look at the Project Veritas stuff that's coming out, um, the, high, the higher ups at CNN and those kind of places know exactly what they're doing they know that they're lying to the public but they also know that there are people gullible enough and stupid enough out there that um they'll believe it and they'll tune in next week to brian stelter or don lemon or whoever the fuck it is um and that's the way they make their money it's it, it's immoral um on a grand scale uh but what are you going to do the i don't know well the one the one thing at least over here that is also somewhat encouraging is the fact that even some Democrats over here are starting to get sick and tired of yeah. the, of the PC uh, bullshit over here. Most notably, um, you know, Tulsi Gabbard in the last. Well, she's she's had it. She's she's had uh, she's had she got the Bernie treatment, and she knows exactly what's going on. Um, they know that she's a formidable force, and she's not going to toe the party line if it doesn't um, sort of suit her agenda which is one that i don't necessarily agree with but a, a lot of her points i do agree with um i think she's the strongest candidate in the dnc right now and it just goes to show that uh, the dnc don't give a shit about strong candidates they have they're a, they're a, they're bought and sold already um so if it's not if it's not biden it's going to be another um it's going to be someone like warren i think who's just willing to toe the party line. She's already happy enough to lie to the public about something as, as big as her uh, ancestry, so she can lie to the public about anything else. She's already on record as lying. She's not been penalized for it, really. People are still going to vote for her. People are still going to think she's the messiah. As long as the DNC are happy with that, which they don't have any morals anyway. Um, so Tulsi's not going to be the nominee, for sure. Uh, even though I think she's probably the best candidate. The rest of them are a, a joke. They're an absolute, it's a clown car uh, of candidates. Well, I, I don't see Trump um, faltering in any way next year. He'd well, have to have a big fuck up yeah, in order well, to lose it. Yeah, well, and I, I actually think in a way for us as conservatives, that's a, that's a, you know, a good thing. 
mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that was interesting is uh, one of my friends, uh, you know, who lives out in Colorado, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a blue collar guy. He's always worked in the in the trades, and his family has always been, uh, you know, Democrat going going back to like the the fifties and sixties because you know yeah. they used to be like the party of unions and kind of the blue collar, uh, yeah. you know, working class. It's you know that's what you used to do, and you know, but over the past two years, he didn't vote. Mm-hmm. He didn't vote for Trump, but I th- like a year after he came to me and said, you know, I really wish I would have the first time and I'm going to do the second time because yeah. the Dems don't care about the working class anymore. They all care about this. All they care about is this gender, you know, identity politics, trans thing, which no one gives uh, yeah, a, yeah. Which well, no one gives a shit that, about. It's the only thing they've got left. Yeah, it's the only thing they've got left. And it's interesting you say that because the exact same things happened over here. I don't know whether you keep up with British politics uh, too much. I actually the, do. Uh, the, Labour, the Labour Party here has always been the party of the working class, right? The On the union side and this, that and the other. Um, people from the north usually vote Labour. Now it's going further down south and London, but that's, we, that's because of the demographics are changing. In the past 50 years, Labour have gone from pro-working class, less taxes, to full-on communist. Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the Labour Party and the shadow um, chancellor of the Exchequer, who would be in charge of our Federal Reserve, essentially, is a full-blown Marxist communist. And he wants a communist revolution. He said it time and time again on camera. They're not afraid to say it. They are communists. And it's the same with the Democrats. You know, you're saying 50 years ago they were the party of the working class this person voted democrat the dad voted democrat it's the same here with labor now people are starting to wake up and go no 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 you're not the party of the working class at all you want to tax us more you want to shut down our factories and our jobs and and all this other stuff and start an economic revolution that would fuck everybody over except um the people in power uh so the dnc and the labor party over here and and most of the what you would call the working class parties across the western world and in europe have done the same thing in germany too they've all adopted this socialist mindset and it's because they know that it's not going to work on the older generations if you can indoctrinate kids young enough into socialism and the glories of marxism and sharing and fairness and all the bullshit platitudes that they come out with um then you've got voters for life essentially also welfare which is why they want open borders which is why the left want open borders over here because they know that the vast majority of the population aren't buying their shit anymore but if you can bring in disenfranchised people from the third world regardless of the effect on the economy regardless of the effect on housing and normal people's lives that already live here they'll vote for you because they're coming here to vote for you because you've promised them free money and that's what the Democrats are doing at the border. That's what um, the Labour Party are doing over here. Uh, and people can see through it now. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's interesting over, you know, I, from what I've, you know, gathered. I, I'm, I mainly go to your channel and also, uh, you know, over to Paul just Watson's channel for all my stuff yeah. on Brit politics. But I remember like a few years ago, one of the videos that I saw from uh, Paul Just Watson after, uh, you know, uh, Brexit happened was there. There was like a, there was a girl, uh, you know, like whining that the National Health, that the National Health Service or you know whatever it's called over there was, 
you know, yeah, going right. to close because of Brexit. And he's he's mm-hmm. like, it's the National Health Service. It's not, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what these people don't realize is that we send the European Union uh, billions of pounds every month. Um, and the Leave campaign actually main campaign was, look, we send the European Union this massive amount of money every month. The NHS is on its ass uh, because of immigration, by the way. We, we can't gloss over that. The reason the NHS is failing is because there aren't enough staff, there aren't enough nurses, there isn't enough resources, and there isn't enough money to cope with A, the birth rates of the type of people that we're bringing in, and B, the amount of those people that are coming in every year. It's it's unsustainable. It's logic. It's nothing to do with race. I couldn't give a shit if they were pink. Um, but the the fact of the matter is, too many people are coming in. They're having too many children, and amongst a lot of the people that are coming in, they're having first cousin marriages, um, and that completely fucks up the children. So they're then dependent on the state for the rest of their lives. And these kind of people that say we need to save our NHS are also saying uh, refugees are welcome here. And it's like you can't have it both ways. You just can't. It's not economically feasible. We're a tiny little island. We can't harbour all these people and we certainly can't pay for the healthcare. So if you want the NHS to succeed, uh, which it has done pretty well since the 50s when it was when it was brought in, because we didn't have in- immigrants at that point. Um, it was the people that have paid into the system can now take something out of the system. And that's the way it was. But we now have uh, uh, birth tourism. So, for instance, some some third world uh, will get knocked up in uh, Namibia or Somalia or some somewhere in Africa. Uh, and they'll spend their life savings on a trip to London to have the children there. So by proxy, let's say they have triplets or or whatever. That child is now a UK citizen because they were born in the UK by proxy. The mother then becomes a UK citizen. Jobs are good and don't have to pay for the uh, for any kind of bills. Uh, they'll get welfare assistance, housing assistance, this, that and the other. All because they decided to get knocked up in Africa and they've come here now. So it's not as black and white as oh, we want refugees to come here and we also want to save our NHS. You've got to pick and you've got to pick wisely because we can't afford it. Yeah, well, I mean that 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 was the same issue with uh, you know with Hispanic immigrants coming over here and you know doing doing the same thing and you know and that's what all the you know that's what all this dreamer crap that you were hearing about for you yeah for years and years and years what was, yeah well this is the thing where you say oh the dream. Uh, 
Uh, and then Germany and France and whoever else wants to stay in that fucking stupid union uh, can deal with them. Well, I, I found interesting that, like, even Ringo Starr, who, you know, is, you know... And by the way, we haven't heard from Ringo in a while since he said this, but, you know, he he, he said, we had a vote for, you know, yeah. for Brexit. We voted to leave. Uh, Bob Geldof isn't going to like this, but I no. say, let's, let's uh, you know, let's leave. Well, yeah, well, Bob Geldof is, um, is a twat. Uh, he he's a bourgeois, to put it in the Marxist sense, uh, tough upper class um, person who's who's denied the Brexit vote at every every turn. He he's one of those kind of people like J.K. Rowling who say we need to bring in refugees. Well, okay, well you've got a, a thirty million pound estate. Why don't you put some refugees in your spare bedroom? I'm sure you've got plenty of them. Oh no 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 no. Let's put them in the working class areas uh, of Britain. Where where the kids are going to get raped by the grooming gangs and the police aren't going to do anything about it and and yeah let's let's put them there because it makes me sleep at night oh because I'm, I'm rich I don't have to deal with it but because my politics is so nice I can use it as oh look at me I'm a great person I'm a, a philanthropist essentially um, but it's the working class and it's the, the the most disenfranchised people in society that have to pick up the rest of the bullshit um, not them so I don't give a fuck what anyone. Uh, uh, has to say if they regard themselves as elite in some sense uh, because they're not the ones who have to deal with the repercussions we are i live in in shitsville northwest england um and it's 50 percent muslim town now and it, believe me it affects social cohesion it affects the uh, the 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 whole um mindset of everyone that, that lives in lives in this area and there's tensions believe me there are tensions we had riots in 2001 and it'll happen again if they keep on coming because they're there it's completely segregated down the middle and now they're starting to move into to more english areas and there's white flight and there's, there's only a matter of time before that kind of stuff sparks up again this is what people on the left don't think about uh in their gated communities they're all for migration but not to my house not to my village, not to my town. And it's like, well, why don't you try to taste your own fucking medicine? See how you like it. See how it affects your job. See how it affects your family, your local economy. Uh, and then get back to me. Uh, but it's all platitudinous crap. It's all, look at me, aren't I brilliant? Um, aren't I such a moral, upstanding person? And screw all these lower class racists or whatever they want to call them. And it, frankly, it's frankly, it's disgusting, folks. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, fr yeah. Frankly, it is quite disgusting. And you know, one of one of the things. Too many people coming in, folks. Can't sustain it. Big problem. Big problem, folks. Yeah, J Jimmy. By the way, does a does a does a fascinating. Uh, you know, uh, he does a great Trump impression. If I do say so myself. Yeah, one of the. One of the things tying the whole immigration thing directly to this show is, uh, you know, one of the reasons why Jimmy was able to come on last week when we were, when we were supposed to have him is, uh, and I could be wrong, but you essentially told me that, like, that gypsies, I'm probably going to get banned for using that word alone, but fuck it, I don't <laughs> care at this point. You would, you would over here, um, yeah. Yeah, if, 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 so again, subscribe to the audio podcast because YouTube might take this stream down. But from what you were telling me, gypsies were stealing like 
one of the cables yeah. or something from yeah, like so the i don't know how you're whether you've got cable or something in america but over here because this is a really old house uh, there's a main box in the center of Oldham. Oh, I've just doxed myself, but uh, that feeds to various street boxes that that then run to your house with with the phone wire and the internet cable, like the ADSL cable. And they're really easy to get into these boxes, and they're they're not hidden at all. They're just on the co- the corner of the street. So what the the gypsies do, mostly Irish, by the way, but there are a lot of Romanian gypsies too. Um, they are pretty pretty scummy the way they live they they don't work honestly they don't pay taxes uh the politically correct term for them by the way is travelers the traveler community because they'll steal a caravan uh, or a trailer and they'll live in that until someone tells them to fuck off and then they'll go two miles down the road and then fuck someone else's life up uh so there's they're scumbags essentially they're sponging bastards uh they sometimes uh steal the copper wire out of these exchange boxes that feed the whole street with with the the phone lines uh and then they melt the copper down and sell it on for for a complete profit 100 percent profit but it fucks everybody else they don't care they don't care but yeah that's that's what happened so so you so you heard you heard ear fo- first folks gypsies fucked over the Whitfield report last this week. is what they don't so. understand so they they come and they fuck up our our street uh but they don't realize that they're a dis- you know they're, they're putting everyone else uh who would a watch your show wow that's that's a can you hear that outside jesus cats oh my god um this big cat neighborhood maybe it was the cats perhaps it wasn't the gypsies uh maybe it was the cats that got into the copper wire but yeah they don't realize how, how many people they screw over when they do stuff like that and on be uh, and on behalf of irish descendants i have to uh i have to apologize because uh you know the irish we're we're, we're just a bunch of fucking drunks i'll i'll, I'll admit yeah so. Well, I, I, I take your. You also need to apologize for being white, being male, and also being straight. Uh, so uh, take your time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I apologizing for that. Someone, someone would need to put. A, someone could put a gun to my head, and I'm not gonna apologize for being straight or male. So or, Good on or you, white. Um. Yeah. And. Also, because of all of us, you know, clown world, like you, well, you, you said that you had a couple of stories that you wanted to, you know, share some headlines that you had read. I was, um, I hadn't heard any of this, so feel free to. Yeah, yeah. So I got a message from uh, one of my friends. Hopefully I can open the window again now. This cat's quite harrowing, really. I got a message from one of my friends the other day saying, oh, Chick-fil-A are opening their first restaurant in uh, the UK. And I was like, oh, Chick-fil-A, well, that's great. Uh, this was about a week ago, and uh, I just saw on Breitbart today, Britain's first Chick-fil-A to be shut down after LGBTQ lobbying. It lasted a week. They had a six-month trial lease. And the, um, the fag squad have shut them down. Uh, because it's offensive, because the it's Christian, it's a Christian-led company. Uh, it's quite a long article, but um, essentially it says Christian-led American family restaurant chain Chick Fil A will lose its first community. Um, 
that's how much power these esoteric just because of the way you're born and who you want to fuck you now have power over a huge commercial uh, decision that should have nothing to do with you right should have nothing to do with you so people are going to lose their jobs Chick-fil-A have lost a shit ton of money just because some gays don't like it um, so yeah the, I thought that was pretty clown, clown worldy there well well, un- unfortunately, well, I mean, I, d- I know you've been over here to, here to the States, so you've had In-N-Out Burger, but, uh, you know, you yeah. guys, you guys are also, you're, you're missing out because of, of these faggots, so, uh. Yeah, I never went to, uh, Chick-fil-A, I don't think, when I was living in the States, um, or oh, because I was in California, like, In-N-Out was the, the place to go. Denny's and Wendy's and stuff like that. We wouldn't get those over here. I don't think the uh, 24-hour diner business model would work over here. But I, I don't know. But I was like, oh, okay, good for Chick-fil-A. There's, they've seen a market in Britain. They've, they've gone for it, and it would have been fine. But the these these uh, lobbyists uh, have so much power just because of who they want to fuck, and it's like. Okay, well, why don't you shut down every church in the country? I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but that's probably next. Well, if your contention as a gay person or as an LGBTQ activist, whatever the fuck that even means, uh, if your contention is that you don't like this business because they're Christian ran or their owners are are, are conservative, uh, then why don't you shut down every church? In fact, why don't you shut down every mosque? Because they're the ones that hate you the most. But you won't do that, will you? Because that would rock the boat way too much. And this is a problem, the sheer hypocrisy of these lobbyists. They'll shut down Chick-fil-A, but they won't actually shut down a mosque that actually wants to kill them. Yeah, well, and and that's that's the other problem, too, that we, you know, that we're, we're getting to is all these groups are, you know, are kind of vying for the top spot in the uh, oppression Olympics, as mm-hmm. Dave Rubin, you know, calls it. But eventually, all of these groups are going to start infighting with, with each other. And well, that... they already are, because you can't tear down um, a hierarchy, if there was one to begin with, and make your own and not have someone at the top. So who is it? Is it the gays? Well, it can't be the white gays. Is it the black gays? Well, they're not then there's not too many of those guys and uh the black community don't like gays but we love the black community so we can't talk about their infighting with the with their own gays but mate what about trans well is it trans women or trans men that have the have the upper hand who do we hire first and you just created you've taken a problem that didn't really exist because let's be honest meritocracy is the best way forward um you've taken a system that was as fair as we could make it and you've made it so abhorrently unfair not just to the people you're trying to fight against but to the people you purport to help that's what they don't understand and give it a few years and this whole thing uh, will start to fall down big league big league fuck yeah and i mean it's i mean just just the fact that you know they made this big stink about chick-fil-a i mean they they've done that here in the in the states or you know tried to and i mean all the family has Guaranteed. Sorry to interrupt you, but guaranteed. None of these activists and these lobbyists who who shut this this place down have been. I, I don't think they've been. I don't think they've researched. I don't think they've called uh, a corporate of Chick Fil A to talk about their actual views. They've just read stuff on Vice. They've read stuff on Buzzfeed on Twitter, and that's enough for them. And they can shut it down. And they have way too much political power. Yeah, they- because their their intentions aren't good. They think they're good, but they're actually not. 
yeah, they've read all these third, you know, they've read all these secondhand and, you know, and sometimes like thirdhand articles. And the reality is, is like when the big controversy first started with Chick-fil-A over here, like a few years ago, like the, the family was like, look, we'll still, you know, serve gays. We'll, we'll still even like, you know, hire. Yeah, I mean, it's, it would be illegal to, 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 to turn someone away, right, for, for their sexuality. No one's, no one's suggesting that gays aren't allowed to eat a Chick-fil-A. Uh, but what, they're, what the gays are suggesting is that no one should be allowed to, to eat a Chick-fil-A, whether you're gay, straight, whatever you are. Because we don't like it. Well, who the fuck gave you the right? This is the thing. We're, we're, we're too lenient on these people just on the basis that they were born the way they are. And they fuck the people they want to fuck. That somehow gives you the right to shut down. If, if this had gone well in Britain and it, they'd have opened up a bunch of restaurants, I think it would have done. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been scared enough of the prospect to shut it down in the first place. So you've, you've, you've completely tarnish the economy and and the money that that would have brought into the country just because you don't like it go somewhere else you don't have to eat there you know if trump came out and said i love mcdonald's and that's my favorite restaurant they try and shut mcdonald's down you, you, can, know, you can't win the 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 funny thing is trump actually did come out and, and say and say that during during the the election there was there was a there was actually like a tweet you know during the election of him, like on you know on the on one of like the Trump you know plans, and he, he has like a bag of McDonald's and like a Big Mac, and and I yeah. can, I can tell you that, or maybe it maybe it was, it might have been KFC. It was it, he could have done it with both. I can't remember, but like he did that I, thing at the White House where it was uh, one of the uh, sports teams. I can't remember who it was. He invited them all to the White House, and he got a bunch of uh, McDonald's and stuff like that. And I and I I remember that there was like there was scuttlebutt from uh, in some of the like the business blogs that some of the like CEOs of McDonald's were nervous not because of Trump but because they knew that that there was going to be the outrage mob that was going to start you know blasting their corporate Twitter account blasting mm -hmm. you know customer service and yeah causing like a big fuss so it's gotten yeah. out of hand. I mean, the only people that really benefit from this kind of uh, cancel culture are people who work in HR uh, because it keeps them in a job. They loved all this shit. They love they love uh, false accusations of racism, sexism, whatever it is, because that's their job to to record that stuff. And a lot of them have got quotas, so they actually need to find, um, uh, you know, ill will where there is none. Um, and that's a big problem. But I don't know whether you, you you've heard of this Extinction Rebellion group. Um, I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it, what it is. So like I've I've heard the name, but like that's about so it. It's it's a left wing, far left wing. Mo they're mostly communists. They're Marxists in disguise. And uh, James Dellingpole wrote a good book called Watermelons. Uh, which basically is, is about this whole climate change activist mentality where you're green on the outside because you purport to want to help, uh, you know, the environment, uh, but you're red on the inside like a watermelon because you're a communist. And it's so true. So this this Extinction Rebellion group for, for a couple of years now have been um, protesting in London and various other places in Manchester where I live, uh, blocking people from going to work, coming back to work. 
And there was one the other day. Uh, what day are we on now? Saturday. I think it was on Thursday morning. Um, there was a guy who jumped on top of the tube train in London at like 8, 8 a.m. in the morning, people trying to get to work. So that train couldn't set off. A couple of them jumped on the tube train and a bunch of them grabbed the guy, pull him off and beat the shit out of him saying like, fuck you. Like, this is an electric vehicle. If if you're going to if you're going to tell us that you're going to make us late for work because of your politics, we're not going to take it anymore. So the working class are kind of revolting at this. It's happened in Australia, too. People are getting sick of it in Australia. Uh, but it's basically look at me. I care about the planet. I'm good. Therefore, you shouldn't go to work or I'm going to make you late for work. But that's a good thing, because at least you know who we are now. And it's like it doesn't really work that way. You're not going to persuade anyone to your side by making their lives harder than they already are. Um, so I think they've got it wrong completely. And um, they call it Extinction Rebellion. I want them to go extinct, quite, it, quite frankly. Is is that the same? Because I, I've I've watched a couple of, of your video. I've watched a, a couple of your videos now. So is so is Extinction Rebellion? That's is that the same group that was like uh uh like sp- that was like with the hose painting? Pipe. Yeah, that was like. Yeah, the Hogan. Treasury Building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, for, so that would be the equivalent of the Federal Reserve. They yeah. went there. They they bought a fire truck, right, which is a diesel engine fire truck. Drove it through the center of London. So how much CO2 has that fucker pumped out? To make a point about CO2 emissions and spray the Federal Reserve essentially, the the uh, the the Treasury Building with fake blood to make a message. And it's like, well, you could have walked, but then you wouldn't have had the hose. But they didn't have the hose for very long anyway. It took like five seconds before the guy dropped the thing because the pressure was too high or whatever, and they didn't know what they were doing. It's a complete joke. They're a joke. They've proven themselves time and time again to be a, a group of absolute imbeciles. Uh, and people sort of waking up to people who weren't really political are starting to go, these guys suck. These guys are wasting everybody's time. They've made me late to, late to work twice. They've cost us X amount of money in in, in police time, uh, investigations. Who the fuck has to clean that fake blood off the street and off the federal building? That's got to come out of taxpayer money somehow. Um, so they're really not doing a great job. Uh, but if you oppose them, then you're a fascist. So I guess I'm a fascist. Okay, fine. If yeah. that's what you want to call. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the same thing here with, uh, you know, with Anne with antifa here too i i don't know i don't know if anti does antifa have chapters in great britain yet oh fuck um, yeah so so if you've seen my channel the intro video that i do um i went to a anti-trump march in manchester just to ask some people some questions and you know you've got that communist everyone was a communist there there was a pro-palestine anti-israel uh pro-jihad group there and all kinds of stuff and um there was a lone kid who was i think he was 13 um i went up to him because he had a big antifa flag and an antifa shirt on dyed blue hair he was just stood there by himself not saying anything just stood there and I thought, you know, well, good, good on you for coming out at that age and whatever you believe in. I respect that. So I asked him a few questions. and I was like, you do realize uh, that Antifa are now being considered a domestic hate, uh, a domestic terror group in the United States. 
uh, and they've they've done this, they've done that. They've, they've, they they call themselves anti-fascist and they want to shut down people's liberties and free speech. And you're really the fascist ones. And he just goes, uh, 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 and I went, okay, buddy, I'm not I'm not going to bother you too much. You're only 13, but 13, I was retarded at at 16. Social socialist Bernie Sanders yeah. fan. Th- had three years experience on him. I was a complete dunce, a complete retard politically. Uh, but 13, why the fuck do you give a shit about politics? Who's done this to you? And it's the schools. It's the schools and it's the education system going left wing, left wing, left wing, left wing, bullshit, Marxism, like political correctness. You're yeah. a straight white man. You need to you need to repent. You need to apologize. And his way of doing that was holding a little Antifa sign going, I don't like hate. None of us like hate, you gimp. Yeah, well, and then and then the fact that I was like w- listening to Rush Limbaugh at at sixteen, like you know that that it's pretty like, based. That, I wasn't. Well, but that but see, it's funny because that was like that was like a cause of you know concern for for some you know people that you know like you know Sam, Sam's listening to Rush Limbaugh. Ooh, keep an eye on Sam. Oof, he might be a school shooter in a few years. Fuck you. Yeah, you know like. Well, I, I mean, I, I started listening to get I started listening to Gavin, you know, when I was in college. That was kind of when he became bigger, you know, bigger, and that that was that was the other thing over here was like I was taking a a, a mass communications course, and I I've told this story on the show before, but I was taking a a mass communications course, and one of the uh, you know things that we had to do was write different papers on uh, different media companies and. I think I did Fox News for mine, but then some nice. chick, some chick did uh, actually did Vice for her, and so. Oh yeah, didn't you say to her, uh, you know who founded Vice, right? And she was like, no, and you said it was Gavin McInnes. Yeah, well, and I mean, she didn't know who that was. Yeah, well, I mean, she she got well. It wasn't that she didn't know who he was, so. She just uh, left that part. Now. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, she mentioned the part about Roosh and the other, you know, guy who founded Vice, but she... Shane. Yeah, Shane. Shane. But she completely omitted Gavin because she was like, well, he's too controversial and he's he's also white supremacist. So this, this is a problem. You, you, that, that mindset, even though it was just for a dumb paper or whatever it was at the time, that mindset of, well, I can pick and choose what's true and what is part of history based on what I believe in. So because I don't like this person now, he didn't have anything to do with vice. So you're book burning, essentially. You're yeah. You don't like it. You don't belong in that profession. You don't belong in history. You don't belong in, in any kind of writing if you're going to omit huge portions of history for your own political agenda. And that's the problem. People just think they can go, well, I don't like that person. So the, as long as as long as uh, I'm in control of this paper, they don't exist anymore. And it's uh, whoever's going to read that um, uh, has no real reason to not believe them. And that's a huge problem because essentially what you're doing is, well, I get to decide what is history and what isn't. And um, that's a big theme with the left. They're, they're book burners. They are fascists. They, they don't, they don't accept history. Yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're the, they're the fascist, fascist ones. Yeah. Over here in the States, we call it, we call it re- revisionist history. And it, it really is because now they're picking and choosing like, you know, what, you know, 
gets highlighted in history and what, what does I mean there was there was the whole impetus of the Charlottesville riots and again I'm not you know no one is endorsing what went on with the no Charlottesville no, no. riots but but the the impetus for all of that was oh we're going to take down statues of Robert E Lee because Robert E Lee we was, don't like we don't like it and it's like it's like you you yeah not it's like well first of all it's you know he's a he's a, a historical figure nothing can change that b none of these uh dunces read their civil war history of of the american civil war because no. why should they if they did they would no, know they that don't need to if they did they would know that robert e lee actually hated slavery but because he was you know living in the confederacy he he had to, well, yeah. you know. It goes back to what I was saying before, is that they have, uh, their worldview is very black and white. So it's Confederate flag, bad. Orange man, bad. Uh, any Anything right wing, bad. Uh, um, you know, freedom, bad. Freedom of speech, bad. That's the way they operate. They don't, they don't think um, in any nuanced state whatsoever. It's, this is the way my worldview is, and I'm not willing to change it. So anything that opposes my worldview has got to go. And it's like, fine, you don't have to watch Fox News, but don't take down a public... Because what, what you're doing is you're changing the, 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 the scenery that's been there for a long time in history for everybody else. This is what they do. They're very selfish people in that sense. That you, you can choose not to like the statue. If it offends you so much, don't walk past it. Go take a different route. Uh, but don't take it down because you personally don't feel that it's appropriate. Um, but they're so self-entitled, it's honestly frightening. Um, yeah, well, it, it's frightening that, like I said before, it's frightening that the minority group is, you know, getting so much power because... The Chick-fil-A it, shit, yeah. Because, Why, just because you're gay, you can shut down an entire restaurant? Okay. It, I mean, it, it's... It's just like, it's just like a, a toddler, you know, who's screaming. They're like, you know, perhaps if I, yeah. perhaps if yeah, I scream sure. and yell and you know throw a temper tantrum along, if mom, mom and dad will give in, and you know it's, that's it's that's scream, what. Scream, yell, scream, yell, claim offense, boom. There's the three steps, and you can get anything you want. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's insane. I mean, and it's. I mean, it, and it's starting to backfire on the left too. You know, with like specifically with YouTube too. You, YouTube is now leaving; they're now losing content creators either because they're banning them or because or because people are just saying, "Fuck, it, I don't want to be on this platform anymore. I'll go, I'll go somewhere else." Hmm. Um, you know. Well, YouTube has taken a very corporate um, approach to the way they handle things recently. You know, you, you type in. Um, for instance, there's that really viral video that everybody knows about. Um, it starts with um, that classical music, and it's like, Donald Trump will never win, and this, that, and the other. It's like, you know, five minutes, and it goes up, and there's a crescendo, and it ends ends in him winning, and it's got, like, yeah. CNN going, Donald Trump will take the state of Miami, sorry, the state of Mississippi, the state of Florida, this, and, you know, people are saying that Donald Trump will never win. It's got millions and millions of views, and uh, you type, you try and type that in, and it goes, "Oh, the first eighty results are from CNN, MSNBC, uh, um, and uh, NPR, and all this bullshit." Their, their search uh, system, their algorithm, 
is specifically designed to get you to watch bullshit propaganda. What I'm looking for has 17 million views. Don't tell me you don't know what I'm looking for. I typed in the exact title, but you're showing me first a video from MSNBC with 5K views? What yeah. the hell's going on? Where's that? There's got to be some amount of money involved in that. Uh, but Google um, are impossibly corrupt when it comes to politics. Uh, you saw that leaked thing that Breitbart did uh, where they, they're basically saying an internal meeting how are upset all the execs are and all the staff are that Trump won and how they can never let it happen again. You're not supposed to be political. You're supposed to be a search engine, but you're abusing your power. And yeah. somebody needs to break it up. And it, it, like we said before, the only person I can see who's got the, the balls to do it would be Donald Trump. But whether he can get anything like that through through the House or the Senate, I don't know. Because uh, you've got a bunch of corrupt Democrats that you've got to go through first. Well, even even Tulsi Gabbard, when she was on Joe oh, Rogan's... Oh, she's felt it firsthand, yeah, yeah. She knows what's up. But she, the Democrats know that she knows what's up, and they're not going to give her any airtime. Well, Problem solved. Them. Well, well, not only that, but I mean, Hillary, I'm, I'm sure you saw this, although you might not have because you're not on Twitter anymore, but uh, which we'll have to get to that in, in a sec. But yeah, Tulsi t tweeted out yesterday that, uh, you know, Hil Hil so Hillary Clinton basically went on Twitter, went through a press office and basically accused, um, you know, Tulsi of being a, a Russian agent. Agent, of, yeah. Of, of questioning her, you know, loyalty to allegiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you know, like, like Tulsi's politics or not, you know, Tulsi Gabbard has served in the in the U.S. Armed Forces. She is, she is an actual. She's, she's patriot. yeah. She's a patriot. Yeah. Um, you know, and she's the only Democrat who, who you could probably call with conviction a patriot. And you know, um, yeah. Julian Castro, no. Uh, who else? Uh, Kamala Harris, definitely not. Elizabeth Warren, no. Um, Pete Buttigieg, maybe. He's, I don't know, he's kind of sensible, but I don't agree with him, but he's probably the only one there that's not willing to kowtow to identity politics, which they're upset about because he's gay. Um, it's a clown show. Uh, and, and, and Tulsi's the only one who is sensible, in my opinion in terms of policy and her demeanor and her attitude towards the United States and the media. The rest of them are corporate Democrats. Uh, that's why Tulsi's not been given a fair shake, because they know that she will cause problems. They know that she'll cause divisions within the Democratic Party. And uh, didn't um, AOC plus three, didn't they just come out and endorse Bernie Sanders after he's had a fucking heart attack? That tells you all you need to know. If he's having a heart attack on the campaign trail, you really think he can be president for four years? Well, and also, Hil and also Hillary Clinton was, you know, having heart attacks in 2016, and you know now now they want to give her another shot at the, uh, you know, at the White House. I don't, I don't think so. Um, it's no, and I think um, a lot of people that would have called themselves Democrats in 2016 and now not my ex included. Um, she was a registered Democrat and she, she's not anymore because she realizes that that party is just a, just a complete villainous, uh, wretched hive. Um, so I think a lot of people are sort of trying to, you know, 
gauge how how honest these people have been and, and then they're really not the only the only person that's going to tell you how it is is trump and that's why he gets the ratings and that's why he gets the crowds the democrats they, they're pandering too much they talk in spanish all the time but they, they let they let crazy uh transgender women get on the stage and and talk complete bullshit um it, it's a mess it's a complete mess yeah well they're they're even letting the uh they're even letting these crazy protesters like hijack their, you know, spots. That's what I mean. You saw that um, black trans person saying black trans people are dying in it, and the crowd are cheering. And Don Lemon's like, um, oh, "Fuck, what do I do? We didn't anticipate this." He can't say, "Give me the microphone back. This is not your show," because by his own standards, he'd be a transphobe the next day. So yeah. they've put they've, they've put themselves in a very difficult position where they now have to actually live by their own standards, and they don't like it very much. It's very well sitting there behind your desk and going, "You need to be more accepting of trans people." When a trans person comes up to you, Don Lemon, and shits all over your parade, you don't really know what to do about it, do you? And it's it's the same for for the allegiance to these groups, but these groups don't give a fuck about them. Well, the Democrats don't give a fuck about the groups either, uh, and I think people are starting to wake up to that. That it's all it's all a ploy to get to get more votes. Yeah, I mean it. It, it totally is, and I mean hopefully they get they get cannibalized by. I mean I I well, think the, the left the left is cannibalizing itself every day. I think. Um, yeah, and that you know, but the Demo the Democrats, who've they got really? Who's who? The nominee's probably going to be Warren at this point. It's not going to be uh, difficult for Trump to destroy her in in any kind of debate. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, I I'm honestly surprised that she continued to run after her whole, uh, you know, f fiasco with the whole. I'm I'm like one one hundred and seventy five thousandth. Uh, you know, whatever percentage Native American. Yeah. Well, didn't she say that she, she for decades she's been getting away with saying that I'm uh, Native American? It was on her uh, government issued IDs and all that stuff, um, and she was backed into a corner essentially, saying, "Well, okay, prove it." She said, "Okay, I'll do it," and then it turns out she wasn't. Can you imagine if it was Trump that did that? He said, "I'm American Indian," and he got he got he got special benefits his whole life because of that. He got let into certain institutions because he said that he was American Indian, and then it, and then they found out that he wasn't. Do you think they wouldn't try and impeach him over that? But when it's one of their own that do it, oh no, it's fine. Just forget about it. Brush it under the carpet. And it goes to that old saying that says, "Well, if the left didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all." And it's true because when, once once their candidate fucks up, it's fine. Forget about it. It's just a mistake. It's just a terrible mistake. Don't worry about it. But once Trump does something, oh my god, wow! Impeach, orange man, bad. Well, it's it's like we're waking up. It's like going back to the uh, 2016 election with with Hillary and their emails. You know, if yeah. if any Republican had even been suspected of you know of like destroying classified email right? is in the. I mean, can not, you imagine? I mean, not only not only would they, not only would they be looking at you know like losing their you know campaign spot, they they'd be looking at you know getting arrested. Not only that, but all but also probably treasonous crimes and perhaps maybe yeah. you know facing. So think think about the whole Russian dossier and the and the collusion narrative that they were pushing for three years. The executives at the mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, all those places. Um, they, they knew that it was bullshit. 
that's how hard they peddled it, even knowing that it wasn't true. Can you imagine if they actually had something like that that was true, how far they would take it? But when it happens to Hillary or when it happens to uh, Elizabeth Warren, they don't cover it. Yeah. They're so impossibly biased and corrupt. It's, it's not even funny. Yeah, and then, you know, we we get this Ukraine, you know, thing with, with Trump about, like, two weeks ago, and it was just a phone call from a, you know, and then there was the whistleblower, yeah, which it, never got verified, and that was all... He released, the, he released the transcripts that exonerated him from any of that shit, but it didn't it start out with Hunter Biden, and they just flipped the blame to Trump? Like, yeah, well, what it, about Hunter? What about the Bidens? Well, it, it, well so the, the story with... With the Ukraine thing that was interesting was, um, was from from what I understand that the the phone call was like basically the Ukraine president telling Trump, um, "Hey, we, uh, you might not know. I, I'm paraphrasing, of course, obviously, but it was a sign to like. So, hey, I don't know if you know this, but uh, but Vice President Biden was doing deals with you know." with uh, our last president while he was vice president of the United States and, you know, doing power trading. And so Trump basically said, oh, well, that's not good. You know, why don't you help investigate him and, you know, do... And so then the media ran off with, well, Trump's, you know, trying to have Ukraine investigate, you know, like a a potential, you know, political opponent. And it it became that instead of you know, what was Joe Biden trading with Ukraine during his yeah. time as vice president. So it became that whole fiasco. So They will just uh, shift the blame. But unfortunately, there's too many people out there that, that just buy it. They'll just buy it because the, it's, it's real. Trump derangement syndrome is real. If they, if, if they are given a piece of news... It reinforces their their vision of the president. Then they'll take it, and they they don't need to listen to anybody else who has an opposing opinion because they've already got that covered. They can just call him a Nazi. They can just call him this that, and the other. And the mainstream media know that too well, and they're dying. Their figures are dying. Their 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 views aren't aren't good enough to sustain themselves with honest journalism. They know that. That's why the executives are telling everybody um, just to run this bullshit story uh, because they've infected the minds of so many people that they actually believe this bullshit. And that's, that's the only thing that's keeping them going. They're the parasites of truth, essentially. They they are just, they're infecting people. And uh, it's, it's I don't know, it can't end well for, for the mainstream media because people more and more people are waking up. I think more and more people are getting red-pilled than they are getting Trump derangement syndrome at this point. And it's the same over here with Brexit. I think more and more people are waking up to the corruption of parliament than actually want to remain at this point. So you pick up up you pick up on things like the 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 bullshit that the mainstream media uh, puts out and you you get to a stage where you go actually you're wrong about that that's complete horseshit um so yeah that that is that is encouraging you know i mean i i think i think at this point our biggest battle you know as like conservatism is mainly on the content creation side with all these major uh you know, companies, and also with cancel culture. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. you, I don't know if you heard of, uh, if you've heard this story, but there, there's a, there's a YouTuber uh, named Nicole Arbor who she calls herself a. Comm- I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so 
last week she went on this uh, comedian's podcast, uh, Louis, Louis J. Gomez, who hosts uh, Legion of Skanks, and she basically like accused him of trying to be like sexist or something, and you know like completely set him up to you know get canceled. And uh, you know, fortunately, long story short, because of that, no one. No one bought that, and, you know, it, it basically backfired in, in her face, you know, so thank God mm-hmm. for that. But it just goes to prove, you know, like, how desperate the left is to, uh, you know, get people shut down who are... I mean, I wouldn't even say that, my, you know, that Louis J. Gomez or the Legion of Skanks are conservative, that, you know, they're they're like Howard Stern. They're just, you know, edgy comedians who don't, you know, Although, mind... There's no, there's no, there's no room for anything edgy, regardless of your politics, whether you're right wing, pro Trump or not. If you're pro free speech and you're not willing to count out to the politically correct left, uh, that's all they need is ammunition to shut you down, regardless of what your actual politics are. I mean, you could be a, you could be a staunch Stalinist, um, and you say something to upset the the woke left and whoever's uh, in power in terms of the the media side of things, and that's enough for them because that's the way they do things they can't have opposition because if enough people oppose them publicly then ordinary people uh, will start to wake up and they know that and they can't afford it they will lose too much money so they're quite happy to ruin other people's lives um in order to save their own asses whether they're honest about it or not yeah that that seems that seems to be the case so uh I mean, so kind of moving on from, uh, you know, politics and whatnot, we also do like a kind of like a music and, you know, pop culture thing on this show as well. So, uh, you know, you have a pretty vast, uh, you know, background about, you know, music and punk rock and that whole kind of subculture Mm -hmm. um, too. And specifically in one of your videos, you brought up the fact that like the, that like the left too is now they're trying to to use punk as like a way to shut down Trump. Like I think there was that Eve of Destruction song that you know the that that group was yeah. using to try and you know like shut yeah. down Boris well, Johnson. I, I, I thought yeah I thought that was funny because I used that song. Um, it was written. Like in the in the mid to late sixties about the the Vietnam War and uh, and the Cold War in particular and and the genuine threat of of nuclear war back then between America and Russia and it's like talking about the eve of destruction we're on the eve of destruction essentially uh, pretty valid concern back then the reason I use that song to to diss the Extinction Rebellion group which we talked about previously uh, was because they're telling everybody that we're on the eve of destruction. Uh, when really we're probably not uh, so I, it was kind of an ironic thing uh, but in terms of, of punk I've not been into punk that long only a couple of years um, I'm more of a classic rock and classical kind of kind of guy Same but I, have, I have a very yeah I, I have a very eclectic music taste I mean you can see some of my records back there I mean I, I spend all my time listening to music most of what the uh, of what takes up the time when I'm making these videos is is the correct song to use uh, for the intro video I, I find I, I just I, I love 
thinking of a topic of a subject and then trying to figure out what what the best uh, lyrics or the best kind of song to go along with that and if someone recognizes it and, and ties those two things together then that that's really uh, satisfying for me uh but as a big musical guy i don't know like i, I will extend intros and stuff like that just so people can listen to the music that I've chosen a little bit longer just because I like it so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit harder in podcasting because of the, uh, you know, because of the ASCAP, you know, or whatever the mm. the music li- licensing is. But, like, I, I was listening to, you know, to uh, to Telegraph Road from Dire Straits, you know, a bit earlier. Oh, yeah. And that song is great. But that, that song is also about how basically socialism and big government eventually you know basically shuts down the working you know uh you know town of telegraph road or or whatever that you know whatever it's supposed Mm. to represent kind of the the north american working class as the government gets bigger so right yeah so I mean, yeah, we've spoken about Dire Straits before in the Alchemy album, the live album. Um, I was lucky enough to see Mike Miller, and it was just him on his own for about half an hour before Dylan came out. Dylan wasn't too great, to be honest. Um, but Mike Knopfler was really good. But he, he didn't do Sultans of Swing or anything. Like, he did Telegraph Road and like uh, Romeo and Juliet and that kind of stuff, which was cool. But uh, he didn't do Sultans of Swing, unfortunately. Well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to dox you, but one of your, one of your other aliases besides Hojim, I know, is is Bob's Dylan. Dylan yes, too, yes, so. on on Reddit. Yeah, yeah, that actually that actually comes from. <laughs> Way, way back um, when I was on Tumblr, if you can believe that, yeah. Um, I used to use that quite a lot, and that was my handle on there. Uh, so I just I just used it for Reddit. Um, and then obviously became a mod on the, the, the Gavin McInnes subreddit. People were asking for a Discord. Um, I, originally, I was kind of opposed to the idea. I thought no one would join it. Um, but I made it anyway, and it's it's gone pretty well. And that, for your viewers, by the way, is how me and Sam actually uh, met, was through that Discord server. Yeah. So uh, I, so I should I should explain that for the uh, for the listening audience too. After uh, you know, I I don't know Jimmy how many of my po- how many of my previous podcasts you've you've watched or listened to, but for but for the last well, you know, since I- since I've met you, I've I've watched them all. Uh, since, but I've not gone back. I, I did the, I watched the Ben Shapiro, or listened to the Ben Shapiro one, because uh, I thought that was really interesting that you uh, interviewed Ben. Uh, but since I met you on the Discord, yeah, I, I, I've been keeping up with it. I subscribed immediately, and I've just been watching them. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. So I mean, as many of as many of the audience knows, I mean, I I've kind of been on the Owen Benjamin kind of watch train lately, and he he's yeah. he's one of he's one of those he is one of those right-wingers that has kind of gone a bit uh, bonkers mm-hmm. with the whole, not not only that, but, you know, as I've mentioned before, he accused, you know, friends of mine of trying to yeah. poison his. So, you know, there was that whole idea. We got my friends exonerated. So after, st- after looking in that mirror for about, you know, after looking in that endless void for about six months, I went on over to Gavin's <laughs> subreddit. I've always, I've always liked, 
Gavin. Even at even at Gavin's most crazy and insane moments, he uh, you know, he looks sane compared to to Owen. So I I think the yeah I I like Owen. Um, I liked him just before he sort of went off the the crazy end of the cliff. Um, in my opinion, anyway, I'm not saying that that everyone has that opinion. But he, do you remember he did a song? Uh, it was the Leonard Cohen song "Hallelujah," and he covered it, uh, and he he changed the words to uh, narrate what was going on with Tommy Robinson over in England. And I thought that was really cool. And I bought the he he did it as like a little charity thing for Tommy's appeal process. So I bought the the song on iTunes. I listened to it a bunch of times, and I thought this guy's awesome. Uh, watched a few of his like stand up things, and then his live stream started to get really intense. And um, yeah, Gavin has not said much about him or anything really other than the fact that you know they're, they're friends and he likes him and stuff uh, but even with like with Ben Shapiro Ben Shapiro has thrown Gavin under the bus but Gavin's not the type of guy to come out and publicly say fuck you Ben Shapiro unless he really fucked him over in some sense Gavin knows that uh, Owen's gone crazy and Gavin knows that Ben Shapiro doesn't like him too much but um, he, he, he he's kind of uh, Gavin's kind of a good um I don't know whether gatekeeper's the right word, but he's he's kind of like a good uh, medium moderator for the right because he doesn't tend to get uh, lost in the feuds that certain people have. Well, he um, you know, he's also co- come under quite a bit of controversy himself. I mean, I I think I think the Proud Boys thing kind of got away away yeah. from him, him a him a bit, you know, and for the oh for for sure, yeah. For those people who are who are you know asking me because I know people have seen me over in the in the Gavin Discord. No, I I am not you know, I'm not joining the joining the Proud Boys. Hey, I as much as I would like to buy a a, a uh, oh I can't remember remember the shirt brand, but as much as I as, as much as I Fred would, Perry. Yeah, as as much as I would love to buy the Fred Perry just because I think they're cool looking, I can't afford one as a college student um yeah but i mean that that's an example of like uh, similar to owen's you know bears i think that's an that's an those are both examples of you know kind of like comedic you know joke groups at first kind of going off the deep end so yeah um, I think it was doomed from the start. I mean, I love I love the uh, the idea of the Proud Boys and what they stand for, and uh, the West is the best, and pro life and pro gun, and you know, guys need a, when you look at the uh, suicide rates of the cops in New York, they need that kind of outlet. Um, but in clown world, that kind of group can't exist without um, intense scrutiny from the left, and that's. The courts are involved. The judges are involved. They're all left-wing activists, essentially, if they're not willing to take this case uh, at face value, which they're not. Which is why those dudes are facing like 15 years in jail for defending themselves. It's, it's, yeah. I don't think uh, Gavin really foresaw that um, when he when he started the joke. Essentially, it was a joke group. Have Have you seen the uh, the the porcelain documentary on on Gavin? <laughs> Yeah, I watched it yeah. once when it came out like last week or whatever. Um, I thought it was it was okay. 
um, he missed a lot of stuff out. For instance, uh, that night at the was it the Republican Club in Manhattan, where they did the Otoyo Yamaguchi uh, skit, and Gavin had that sword, and Ryan was playing as the socialist leader, and Gavin came and killed him with the sword. Even he, the dude that put all this time and effort into doing this documentary about Gavin failed to say that that sword was plastic. It was a joke. It was a toy. Uh, he didn't bring that up. And that's a, even though it's quite a small detail, really, in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of not because people will use it and say, well, Gavin McInnes came equipped with a fucking sword. This guy's a lunatic. And it's like, well, no, it was plastic. It was for this thing that you that you completely uh, uh, glossed over. And, and people who aren't willing to um, really dig deep into what he actually meant by that. And if you're watching a documentary, then you're probably not willing to dig deep enough because you're trusting this other person to tell you the details. They probably think, well, this guy probably isn't okay. So fuck him. Fuck the Proud Boys. He came with a sword. What did he expect? They deserve this prison time. And it's like, that annoyed me because it seems like a small detail. But in this situation... That's kind of everything, you know. The fact the fact that it wasn't a real sword is is important. Yeah, I mean, I I, I actually I'm I'm connected with Porcelain, and Porcelain actually know, knows me. He he's a he's a good guy. He helped with the uh, with the Owen documentary on a on a lot of stuff. I mean, he's the one who wrote that. Um, I, you know, and I mean, I'm I'm always happy to talk to him and other people about you know details like that yeah, yeah. about about this sort i i i think um i mean i think it was i i, I personally think that the that the ellen documentary has kind of been his magnum opus you know mm. this year and also he did he did a really good uh documentary on uh jim norton but yeah a, a couple of these a couple of these gavin documentaries are you know are really are really uh, weird. So some of them. Mm. So, um, yeah. I mean, I'd ask him like, "Hey, did, was this a genuine mistake, or did you purposely leave that detail out? And if you did, then you're not really being an objective documentarian. Uh, you clearly have s some kind of agenda if you purposely left that out." I think in his, I think in his case, it was probably an it was probably like an honest mistake. Because, yeah, because I, I'm willing I'm willing to to uh, accept that, he, but. Yeah, he should do the right thing and at least put some kind of annotation in that video and say, look, well, actually, it was wasn't a wasn't a real sword. It's a plastic sword. Even if it's just like subtitles or something that pops up on the screen, wrong. Um, you know, this is a plastic sword. Yeah. But I don't, as far as I know, he's not done that. Well, he well he works on like five or six documentaries at the time. At a time, I I, I will say, uh, the the stuff about. Gavin's history with with Vice was pretty fascinating. I I didn't actually know a whole lot about that. I I just got Gavin's audiobook. So the uh the death of Oh Hitler. the death Yeah, I mean I have that in paperback, but the audiobook isn't available in this country. I can't get it. Really? <laughs> that <laughs> book's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, also to to clarify to clarify to you, I mean, your, your, one of your videos has gone pretty viral recently when you, when you did the, when you did the, uh, you know, clip of Gavin saying, we're go we're going to jail. Basically it was his epic rant with, with Milo. Oh, 
Yeah, that guy that called in, what was his, uh, Chris from L.A., Yeah, Chris, he was called. Chris um, from L.A. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> it's funny because um, I did like a little meme of a little skit that Gavin did months ago and put it on my channel. Uh, and because Ryan's in the Discord and I've spoke to Ryan before, um, he saw it. And then it was on Gavin's Telegram. And then they put it on Gavin's YouTube channel. And then this thing with the Chris from L.A., and I put that epic music on top, he saw that too because it was in the subreddit. Then that was on Gavin's Telegram, and then they put it on their official YouTube channel. So it's kind of like <laughs> I'm kind of doing free marketing for free speech TV. But that guy, um, Chris from L.A., yeah, he was he – was, I get where he was coming from, but he was an odd dude. Um, he tried to join the Discord. I mean, I spoke to him personally for quite a while. I me and the other admins spoke to him for like an hour, probably, mm -hmm. um, maybe even longer. Nice enough guy, confused, not the type of person that we would um, accept into the Discord because he had, um, he was there to basically say, this is my opinion about the Jews and this, and I'm fine, you can have those opinions, but it's not really... Uh, you know, it's just, well, you call yourselves free speech activists. It's like, we are, but we also have to operate within the confines of Reddit's policy. And um, the Discord, we don't really talk about politics that often in the Discord. We talk about news and current affairs and stuff like that, but it never really devolves into debates about the Jews or, or stuff like that. And I just don't think it would be particularly um, beneficial to have someone like that in the Discord server, if all he wants to do, his whole worldview and his whole uh, demeanor in life is just to convince people of this theory that he's got. So that video, yeah, it blew up a little bit, but only because it's got Gavin in it. I mean, the, vi <laughs> the videos that I do, the, I think the, the most views I ever got on a commentary video was upwards of 4K, and it was because it was a big deal in Germany that whatever I was talking about, this migrant stabbing or something like that, and the mainstream media weren't covering it, so I decided to cover it, and it got some traction. Uh, but other than that, there are a few people that watch my shit and comment and stuff like that and engage, but other than that, nothing really goes uh, goes any further than 1K views. Yeah, well, yeah, my I mean, my, my channel's kind of you know, smallish too. I mean, I, I think the two biggest, uh, you know, videos I've, I've had, you know, was when, uh, you know, Hey, I, I reposted my Ben Shapiro interview. That was, you know, pretty, mm -hmm. big. that has, yeah. I think I did not expect that. That got like 3000 videos when I posted that the first time and I was not expecting that. And then the second biggest video uh, that you know I I had was when I was when I interviewed the guy who Owen accused of poisoning his kids because that that was kind of a big yeah internet thing for a while but yeah I mean I I get the feeling that YouTube is starting to even like start to censor smaller channels like like your channel and mine yeah um. They don't want they don't want bigger they don't want smaller channels becoming bigger you know conservative channels. No. So. Um. Whether I'm on some kind of radar or not, I don't know. Um. It wouldn't surprise me if I am, and it also probably wouldn't surprise me if I wasn't because I've really not made that much of an impact in any way, shape, or form. Like I said at the start, I just do it because I enjoy doing it, and it's kind of therapeutic. If it was to gain more traction, I'm sure uh, I wouldn't last very long. But by at that point, you've already got your core audience, and you can go over to somewhere like um, 
Bitshoot or something like that. Um, but for the time being, it's, it's well, they're not going to monetize me. I, I, they've decided that to cut my AdSense already. Not that I was making anything anyway, but they've said you can't have it. Uh, so I must be on somebody's radar somewhere. But in terms of like the way that uh, crowd is on the radar and Gavin's on the radar and those kind of people, it's uh, I don't think that uh, they've got the hawk eyes on me or you probably at this stage. Maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe not in that in terms of that sense. What I'm saying is, I think they're starting to clamp down down on the smaller channels so that we don't even get to that to that level. Is is yeah. Is what I'm saying. So yeah. it, it's it's interesting. My my whole question for YouTube, you know, staff is, well, wouldn't you want wouldn't you want the ad ad re- revenue share from you know, um, mm-hmm. and if if these people are, are really white supremacists and fascists and Nazis as you say they are, then surely their opinion should be easy to defeat, right? Yeah, because no mean, one likes fascists. No, who's no no one's really a Nazi very esoteric small group of people so you would have thought that if 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 i'm a nazi and you're a nazi you'll be able to you'll be able to prove us wrong very quickly and we'll look like idiots but they don't uh they don't even give us a chance to to speak in many cases um so you know they're 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 very uh politically motivated with what they do Uh, unfortunately it's the biggest platform so it's it it's it makes the most sense to start here and go as long as you can here until you get your audience, like I said, and then if shit hits the fan, you can move some somewhere else because uh, by that point you've already got your core audience. Uh, but you can't start. I don't think you'd be able to start on somewhere like um, Bitshoot um, and and get as far as you could in six months or however long I've been doing this than you could on YouTube for sure. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and the the problem. This is the other reason why these big tech companies need to be regulated is because like all these all these like hardcore you know free market and our article capitalists are like well just build your just build your own you know thing if and it's like well okay that's a good mm. idea but the problem with the problem with gab and the problem with mines is you're already kind of in like an echo chamber of people who well, that's the problem. But also, also they want to shut down Gab and Mines. Like they say, well, make your own then if you don't like the way we run things. And we yeah. go, okay, well, we'll make our own. And then they still try and shut that down, like Cloudflare or whatever it's called. The pub, the uh, the what's the word? They they run the the site or whatever. Um, they gatekeep it too, and they say, well, no, this this website shouldn't exist. 4chan shouldn't exist. And it's like, well, where else do you want us to go? Where else can we go? Yeah. And then you wonder why why shit hits the fan and you get people who go crazy and shoot up a mosque in New Zealand. Well, this is why. Because you're not allowing people to talk honestly and openly. Um, and you push people to the darkest fringes of the internet and of society and you ostracize them so much, you get the joker, you know, that, that premise. Um, where people go, fuck it. Um, I'm not going to change my point of view just because these people don't like it, and I also I'm not allowed to express my point of view because these people don't like it. That view's not going to go away. Your opinion's not going to change. So you've got to do something, and it's kind of it's very dangerous what 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 they're doing. And I think they know exactly what they're doing, and they want shootings to happen, and they want these crazed right wingers to go nuts so their their point of view is is solidified. Well, and what's also it's interesting that you brought up the Joker because the one thing that I said about all of this, you know, reaction to kind of the, the Joker movie is, um, 
I mean, the media was freaking out about that, you know, like three weeks. I think before. the media wanted there to, uh, yeah, I think the media wanted there to be a shooting just so they would, they could say, look at what we were right. We called it. Yeah, that that's that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I said on on the on the podcast. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I said, um, you know, because of all this reaction, it's almost like they want something to happen. You know, of course um, they do. So it would give them an excuse to shut that movie down, and uh, they know that that movie um, highlights political correctness and how dangerous it is to subvert people's opinions just because you disagree with them. They know exactly what that movie was trying to portray or what a lot of people thought it was trying to portray. Um, So they make up this narrative, they hope it gets shot up, and then boom, they've got the scapegoat, they can cancel the movie and less people get red-pilled and more people tune into their bullshit network. Problem solved. That's exactly what's going on. Well, the thing thing about it too was like the the Joker movie wasn't even really like all that original either i mean even like todd phillips the the director was saying that he was heavily influenced by you know taxi driver and you know king of Mm -hmm. comedy but both of those movies share this share similar things to joker and yet they're 40 year they're 40 years old so it's like yeah well you you talk about taxi driver um you'd think de niro would be faggot than he is now uh having been in a movie like that and understanding what it's like to be ostracized or at least play a character that's so ostracized that he did he does what he does in that movie uh, yeah. but he is just the epitome uh, um uh, he's the crown jewel of the the hollywood left elite and it's it's kind of sad to see really yeah it's sad because yeah it is sad because like i i love i love movies like you know goodfellas and, and raging bull but yeah i you know now, Casino is another good one. Now this like new woke Bobby Bobby De Niro, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't understand like why he. I mean, obviously I do. He's he's a big lefty, but it's like, it's like it's I don't like, think you can you can not be a lefty in Hollywood, unless you want to lose work. I don't think they have a choice. And uh, like I said before, it's not them that have to deal with the policies that the far left are enacting on the working class. So they can support left wing ideology all they like. It's not going to affect them. So it's it's a win win situation. You can virtue signal to the public and look wonderful. And you also don't have to pick up the slack of the bullshit that you're trying to, to uh, enact. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, they're. Um... There uh, are, but by, by the by the way, folks, for those of you listening on on the podcast, Jimmy Jimmy's been rolling his own cigarettes. The for the uh, is are those? Cigarettes? I do. Uh, I I do have a vape here, but it, it's it's loud, and I didn't want to uh, do that bullshit <laughs> noise every every twenty seconds. Uh, so I'm kind of changing smoking a little bit here, but yeah, I I do roll my own. If I'm going to smoke, I do roll my oh, own. Oh, I I I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have like a I don't have like a air filter or any or anything in here so I and I have a smoke alarm so I can't smoke but you but I've I've done I've done streams before where usually like I'll I'll be outside and I'll I'll stream from my phone and I'll 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 smoke a cigar or something for like half an hour and do like a and A cigar would be nice it's just that I I've my drink is finished I just need I need something just to you know, I don't know why. It's just the way I operate. We've been doing this for the best part of two hours. It yeah. Was, it, was inev- it was inevitable that I would turn to some kind of vice. 
Well, it's 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 only like it's not five o'clock yet. Otherwise, I would I would be having a beer. I I have a few I have a few empty beer beer bottles and in, in here, but nothing uh, new. No, but no yeah. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, yeah, Hollywood Hollywood is weird because you have um, because like I've met I've met a few. I mean, I haven't met any like big actors, but I, but I know like a few. You know, I have a few friends who are who are kind of like trying to break in, and, and they've all told me like, yeah, like I'm a conservative still, but I can't I can't say anything, otherwise mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get get work. Yeah. And I mean, I, I there are even like a lot of you know a- actors who I suspect are you know are conservative kind of, um, but. James Woods is a good example of that. Well, even well, even like, even like Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you know, like a few years ago when he was promoting one of the uh, Iron Man Man movies, I you know someone asked him like, "So you're a registered Republican?" And he said, "Yeah." He, and and Robert Downey Jr. goes, "Yeah." So, so what? He's like, "I'm here to promote the movie." Like, ask me, and the and the journalist like keeps going and. Robert Downey Jr. is finally like, okay, I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm out of here, and mm-hmm. he just, he just walks out of this. Interview. I didn't it's, know that. I didn't know he was a registered Republican. Uh, I'm sure he gets a lot of flack for that in Hollywood. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Doesn't he, excuse his, uh, his dress taste though. His dress code is oh, appalling. Oh, his, his, his dress code is. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing of what. It's a weird cross between like. Steve Jobs and I don't know what so yeah it's 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 a nightmare so it's like if if you're going to try and do Steve Jobs do Steve Jobs don't do the don't do the crazy uh you know whatever whatever he has going going on so mhm so i mean even Steve Jobs like not a particularly big fan of the way he dressed either but then again i'm not a fashion guru as you can probably tell so each to their own i suppose well i'm I, and i'm actually a little i'm actually a little dressed up because it was it was hot as heck earlier today so i i didn't want to come in sweating and you know wearing like a wearing like a raggy t-shirt and and shorts so and uh mm-hmm. And yes, for those of you tuning in, this is still live. So, thanks to those of you who have stayed with us for uh, this long. So, um, so I mean, I guess where do you see Britain's future headed? Are you optimistic or pessimistic? Or? Um, I mean, it's a tough question. To be honest, I think uh, this Brexit deal that is on the table now that looks like it's going to go through is just a rehashed version of Theresa May's deal that she proposed and that was voted uh, into oblivion three times. Uh, Boris has done a good job of being a a strong leader for the country. Um, And he's also done a good job at convincing people that his hands aren't tied behind his back, which they are now. I think people are waking up to. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, if... A lot of people saying that we're leaving in name only, and I am obliged to agree with them for the most part. Uh, So 
I think the biggest thing for us would be to uh, regain some kind of national identity, some kind of national pride, some kind of, um, you know, um, just, yeah, just in terms of education, not be so cooked and not be so uh, ashamed of who we are. But that's a problem for the whole of the Western world. It's not just Britain. It's happened in America, too. Fortunately, oh, yeah. you've got you've got Trump at the helm. Uh, but it's not enough in many cases. Uh, the Marxist teachers and the unions are still out there. They're still going to fucking indoctrinate your kids, whether Trump's in office or not. And it's the same over here. Um, but I think... There needs to be a general election as soon as possible. People need to back either the Brexit party and get Nigel Farage in power or keep Boris's cabinet in power. We've got to stop the Labour Party from getting into power because that would just be the end. I mean, right now I'm not too um, optimistic, but if there was to be a general election and Labour won, that would be it. In 10 years, this country would be like Venezuela. So the mainstream media over here, they... they uh... I've heard them call Boris Johnson the the Trump of America, but based on kind of your your reaction, it it is that an accurate assessment or no, not really. Uh, well, it's not too accurate, but he's the closest thing to Trump that we've had for a long time, a very long time, even in my lifetime. Like the closest thing we've had to. That's what I'm saying. He's he's a strong. He's, he, he refuses to apologize for things that he said previously that people were offended about. That's a good thing in my book. Um, he's not willing to kowtow to the EU leaders too much like Theresa May was. That strengthens uh, the nation's morale. Um, so in many ways, he is like Trump. He's not as um, brash as Trump, for sure. But that probably just become that's probably part of the fact that we're, we're British and we don't tend to be that, um, you know, forward in what we say right. um, to a detriment to a fault by the way um that's not always a good thing to be polite all the time um so yeah I th i'm not too optimistic but i'm certainly more optimistic than i was when theresa may was in charge i guess we'll just have to see i mean i'll, I'll, I'll come back on again onto the show and after the 31st and we'll see what happens i can fill you in on uh, what's going on yeah, I would be. I would be very curious about that. Yeah, it always. It always seemed to me like Nigel Farage was closer to, to Trump maybe, um, and I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Farage other than like what you know, other than like from what I've heard from you know Dalling Poland a bit from, you. So I mean, do you, so I mean, do you think Farage would be a better leader or you know? Or what's your take on him? Um, well, there would certainly, if, if Farage got in power, the Brexit party would have the majority in parliament and they are more nationalistic, more patriotic, more conservative than the conservative party that Boris Johnson leads. So that would be a good thing. Um, so I, I don't know. At this point, uh, the negotiations are up. Time's running out. Um, we're leaving on the 31st. Um, it, they've made it illegal for us to leave with no deal, so we've we've been screwed screwed over royally, really. Um, but I can only hope that our exit from the European people, the Italians and the French and the Germans in particular, the the courage to to vote out to and just end this whole project uh, because I know you've you've got leaders like uh, the Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Salvini in Italy, who is a big Eurosceptic. You've got Marine Le Pen, 
who nearly won the previous uh, French election, who's a big Eurosceptic. There are Eurosceptic groups all over Europe. I mean, look at Poland and Romania and Hungary and all those countries that are refusing to kowtow to the European Union. I think their days are numbered. And I think if, if Britain can prove that we, we can leave after all this mess and we can be an independent trading nation again, um, it will give other European countries the uh, the confidence to do the same. And I think ultimately that would be the best thing for Europe. Yeah, the uh, the problem that, I mean, I think Britain faces is just kind of what you, from an outsider's perspective, is just, you know, getting kind of past the the political correctness of the, uh, you know, establishment and just having the bo- Yeah. And we, just having kind of the balls to, to say. We do have to tackle that first. Yeah, uh, we do have to tackle that first. We're leaving. Uh, but we... Yeah, but we, we see this attitude, like I was talking about before, with those Extinction Rebellion guys and pe- normal working class people pulled the guy off the train and, you know, don't condone violence, but yeah, I, I probably would have kicked him in the balls too what? if he made me late work. So I think the, the the normal people sort of waking up to this woke, uh, uh, upper middle class attitude of, of tolerance of everybody at the detriment of everybody else kind of attitude and they're sick of it and people even if they don't like brexit or don't agree with brexit they'll just vote for it uh just to piss off the establishment because they've been they've been taken advantage of for too long wasn't there like another um you know maybe this was the same incident but with uh you know the the extinction group wasn't there like another incident with the trains where they all like stood on the tracks or Something I yeah, there was there was a they stood on the tram tracks. Yeah, they blocked a tram, and also I saw one last week of a guy who got on glued himself to the top of a commercial jet at Heathrow Airport, so the plane couldn't take off. So he was going, you know, when you you're at your gate and you go through and you go up the ramp to the plane. He ran up the ramp, jumped on top of the the plane, glued himself to the plane. Um, and, oh, you know, I, being in that mindset, do you really think people are going to go, oh, do you know what? You've made me late for I'm going to I'm going abroad for a funeral or a wedding or a business trip. Well, that doesn't matter because you're so awesome. Like, I really appreciate the ballsy nature that you're standing up against climate change. The thing is, dude, you bought a ticket to go on that plane so that the airline's not losing any money. They don't give a shit whether you, you make the flight or not. The plane's gonna fly. You've given you've given your money to to an airline that's gonna use a shit ton of CO two. Could they be less self aware? I, I just I don't I honestly don't get it. But the more and more they piss off the general public, the better because they're starting to wake up to this to this uh, nonsense. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, same, well, same here with uh, you know with the with the cancel culture and and everything else too and. You know, like, it, obviously, yeah, it sucks that, like, Tulsi is getting lambasted by, you know, the DNC, yeah. just, just like Bernie was. But at the same time, I'm kind it's of like, like a blessing in disguise, right? Because yeah, I'm people all, are going to realize, why are you shitting all over my candidate? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also kind of... And kind then they'll like, realize how Trump supporters felt three years ago. Yeah, and then and then we'll get, you know, more, you know... Uh, you know, people coming over to our side. I mean, you and I'm not going to name anyone. You know, formerly in the in the Discord, I think you know some of the people I'm talking about. I mean, a lot of people in the Discord who I've you know met besides you, a lot of them came over from the the Bernie Sanders, Trump, and you mm-hmm. know, um, 
you know, and that that's kind of what fascinates me is the is the people who were you know hardcore Bernie supporters and then went you know went that one eighty and now they're Trump mm-hmm. folks just because they're so disgruntled. So yeah, um, the deplorables. Yeah. So well, you know that's about that's a badge of honor now. So and so uh, anyway, For sure. anything else that you would like to cover? Anything I can prom- um, you know, promote or shout out? We've been, we've been going for about well, two we've hours been going, now. Yeah, we've been going for two hours. That flew by. I'm sure probably. But I, I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. And like I said, post Brexit, we should we should uh, if you can manage to fit me on again, I'd be glad to come back on and we can talk about that a little bit more because I know that there are a lot of Americans uh, and foreigners in general who are a bit confused by it, rightly so. I mean, it's a complete nightmare. Shit changes on a dime every day with, with that stuff. So, um, yeah, just, you know, thanks for for uh, finally I was able to do it. And uh, you've been a good sport, and I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. Thanks, man. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll post a link to after the live stream is over and the, the video processes, however long that, that takes, I'll, I'll uh, post a link to jimmy's channel in the description and i'll actually go ahead for the live audience and post a link to that in the uh in the chat here so well we're i appreciate that dude thank you yeah everyone everyone should go over and subscribe to jimmy and i mean now some of you guys can also see some of the origins of the viral uh gavin gavin mcginnis video i i also i also have to ask that avatar you have of the uh of the Pepe smoking was that your original thing or did someone make that no no someone else made that yeah no i love i love it uh someone else someone else made that i came across it um i know it's not really kosher to just take shit and use it but you know no one's complained so far if they did obviously i'd 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 take it down but uh it it just the expression on his face just kind of surmises the way i feel about clown world um so that's why i use it yeah, I I know a guy who does really good logos too. If you if you uh, if you need, yeah yeah if you need a logo, guys. So yeah, I just I'll have to take you up on that because yeah, it's not mine. So but uh, yeah, I mean you're the kind the whole aesthetic of your of your channel. I really like. I mean sometimes you do shorter videos, but then sometimes you do like longer form. One, one yeah, d- depending on how much I how much bullshit I have to say at the time, how angry I am at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've we've gone for two hours, so obviously you and I had a lot to say. I I've gone for four hours on some of these. Wow. Streams, yeah, I, wow. I'm I'm still not at Joe Rogan's level where I'm doing like six no. hours hour streams with Alex Jones. So. Um, those are we'll get there one day dude we'll get there what um oh that that is one thing i am curious about like so what do people in britain like think of alex jones like even in some of these other personal personalities even um 
it's one of those things. If you ask someone on the street and you say, what do you think about Alex Jones? You say, I don't know who that is. You show them a picture and they go, oh, I know who that is. That crazy dude who believes in aliens and uh, they're turning the frigging frogs gay and all that shit. They'll, they'll laugh at that because of the, the memes that have gone viral. They don't actually know what he stands for or know what he actually says. Um, I, I'm yet to meet someone who, other than some close friends who are also um, on the Trump train, which is is very small, unfortunately. Um, other than those guys, no one, as far as I can tell, knows who he is. And if they do, they probably think he's a nutcase. Well, even even amongst like the even amongst kind of the, the conservative Brits, like like you know, I mean, some of the uh, I mean, some people have to think that Jones's style is a is a bit you know different for sure yeah i i he's, i think he's incredibly entertaining i think he's hilarious um I, yeah i i think i think he's hilarious i i i recently found a, an interview uh where he interviewed charlie sheen a few years ago so oh really i'm not saying that yeah he i'll i'll have to send it to you he basically during uh charlie sheen's whole tiger blood Melvin. blood phase uh, he went on alex's show and they like they started talking apocalypse now and hernias and all this crazy <laughs> stuff. So yeah, I mean he's uh, he's a force for good essentially. I think um, he's he's got great intentions. He's a freedom lover. He loves America. He loves free speech. So what? He's a little bit crazy. Good. Ah, we ah we all we all are. I've I've become I've become a bit crazy. It's true. Uh, it's also, true. I'm I'm looking at, at your channel page here, and I I see that you've got the uh, blue oyster cult. Uh, oh, I'm glad, so finally, someone's actually recognized. Never recognized where it came from, but yeah, it was, it's a blue oyster cult. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, and that's when I knew that you and I were friends for sure because. Uh, because very few millennials at all know what Blue Oyster Cult is, let alone... Yeah, yeah probably heard Don't Fear the Reaper or something, but... Yeah, but that's but that's about it. So they... they, they and it's about... The, the only reason they know that was because of the cowbell sketch from uh, SNL. So. SNL, yeah. Um... <laughs> true so before we sign off so I, I posted your channel now you're not anywhere else um besides you know youtube uh, i i am i used to be pretty active on twitter but like you said before i got banned uh out of the blue i do have parlor uh i don't use it that often but it's the same handle as my youtube so oh yeah i, I should i should probably update my uh lower third here and uh, tell people that I'm also on Parlor at Sam at yeah. Sam Whitfield. Um, it took it took me forever to get verified on uh, there, but yeah, I'm on Parlor now too. I don't use it as much as I should, but um, mm. it was pretty clunky for me at the start. I think they've updated it quite a bit, and it's it's better now. So I'll 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 try and get back into it, but there's. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know you had it, so I'll 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 find you on there too. Yeah, it's it's. I it's still a little clunky. I don't use it that much uh, either. I I do have a Telegram channel too. That that's useful, but I'm I'm not. You know, it seems to be a message board at this at this point too. So mm, yeah. Um. What 
do you remember why why you got banned from Twitter specifically? Or? No, I was never given a reason. Um, I started. I, I presume some people must have reported me because I, I used to get in arguments with lefties all the time. And it was, to be honest, I'm glad it happened because it was pretty unhealthy. Uh, there's no way you can change anybody's mind on Twitter. Um, everyone's just out to get each other. So I'm kind of glad that it happened. But basically, they uh, I tried to log in one day and they said uh, you're not old enough or something. You, you age restricted. So okay. So I was like, there's something not right here. Go through the whole process, and essentially they said you need to scan. Uh, government issued ID and send it to us so we can prove your age and I said no no way not doing it that's where I draw the line you are not having my ID because if I'm on your radar for being offensive or for being too conservative or right-wing or whatever you want to call it uh, the last thing I want to do is give you vultures my fucking driver's license um, and my address so I thought fuck it that's the end of my Twitter days and uh, not gone back since yeah, the the age restriction thing is weird, especially since you know Twitter is one of those is one of like the only platforms, and I'm not saying it's necessarily a, a bad thing. It is what it is, but that's like one of the only platforms where, where you can where you can go on and you can literally see like porn gifts or something. And... Yeah, so the age the age restriction I don't have a problem with, but I'd had. I'd had that account for years and years and years and there was no problem until I started becoming political in the wrong sense as far as they're concerned. And then one day it was like, oh, you're too young. I said, no, I'm not. And they said, okay, I'll prove it then. I said, okay, well, how do I do that? And they said, well, give us some ideas. And no, no, I'm not going to do it. No way. I don't want Jack Dorsey to have my uh, government issued ID. I don't want the government to know where I live, let alone Jack Dorsey. Yeah, it's it's bad enough that the government knows. Everything. That's right. So, yeah, so, yeah, very spooky. So, very, very problematic. So, very problematic. Big tech censorship, folks. Big problem. G- gonna threaten us all. So, <laughs> you're gonna take your jobs. Yeah. Take away your First Amendment. Yeah. So fuck Twitter. I don't use that anymore. Uh, yeah, well, the I, only social media I use really is, is is Discord these days. I use Messenger on Facebook to keep up with some friends and stuff, but in terms of actual Facebook, uh, very rare that I would would go on there. I, I think it's debaucherous most I'm, of the shit. I'm on Facebook too. I'm I'm I mostly just follow. I mostly just you know follow people like family members and whatnot, and then uh, you know, like I have the. I have the show Facebook page, which I barely, I barely even manage that. But I mean, I, I have it, so that's yeah. about it. But I mean, other than that, yeah, I, you'll, 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 well, you know this, but folks will actually mostly find me on Discord and on on Reddit. So, um, anyway. and your Discord server too. Oh which yeah, you, you haven't promoted. Oh yeah, you do. Well, well, that's because it's still under construction. Because I've I've been, I've, <laughs> I've been a lazy cripple and I haven't added any channels. So, um, a lazy cripple. So, um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Jimmy. So Jimmy also helps run, run the. Uh, he helps run the TWR Discord and the TWR Reddit too. So which is in which is in the show. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. So. so if you want to find out why you've got banned, it was probably me. I'm very sorry. 
yeah. Just kidding, folks. So just kidding. Just a joke. We're gonna we're gonna get uh, Jimmy a runge here on on the channel too here at some point. And so, um, but anyway, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. I under what thanks time, for having me, dude. What time is it there now? It's got to like nine something. Yes, right? but nine thirteen right now. Yeah. So this is a good time for me. I know it was a bit early for you guys, but uh, yeah, this is this is a good time because obviously, if it was gonna go on for two hours. And we started at midnight my time or something. It would have obviously would have been a bit of a problem. Uh, yeah. So I, I appreciate so. you, uh, you know, taking time out of your day to uh, invite me on. And uh, we finally got there in the end. We we got it done. And I am uh, excited to come back on if you're willing to have me. Oh, ab oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, especially now that I mean, I think we've let out of the cat out of the bag that you're now helping run some stuff too. Now, now people know. Yeah. Now people know who the British over, overlord <laughs> is. So, uh, I'm not quite an overlord. Don't don't uh, don't scare them too much. Not. But, not yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad to be uh, a part of the uh, the Whitfield report for sure. Not yet, uh, but the but Jimmy and I will be taking over. Jimmy and I will be taking over the internet soon. So watch this space, folks. We're gonna take over. It's gonna be great. Gonna be huge, folks. We're, we're we're gonna we're gonna evict all the spurgs and all the uh you know <laughs> all the liberals so so yeah but uh well anyway uh i want to thank you for coming on and uh thank you know you. hopefully we'll have you on after the 31st i'm i am i think we're all kind of curious to know how uh brexit will you know, turn out, and then you know, next year is going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The... It's going to be uh, the next twelve months are going to be very, very, uh, very interesting to say the least. Yeah. So, so yeah, everyone, everyone, go over and subscribe to Jimmy's channel. It's in the chat, and like I said, I'll I'll post uh, a link to that in the description later on. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Jimmy, if if you weren't on anyone's radar before, you are now. So, well, uh, it was bound to happen at some point. So, uh, apologies, but not really. So. <laughs> no worries, dude. So, all right. Thanks for uh, coming on, man. So, thanks, dude. Take it easy. And uh, thanks to uh, thanks to everyone who uh, tuned in to the podcast. And, of and, course, yeah. Um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, I apologize for some of you. I know this was a bit early, so if you were expecting the the 10 p.m. Uh, time slot. I know that not everyone. My fault. Who, I know that not everyone who usually uh, you know tunes in was here, but I appreciate you guys watching. You know this on the replay or on the podcast. You know, however you're getting this, I still appreciate you listening and tuning in. And we'll you know we'll do this again soon. So. Mhm. Mm anyway, folks. I look forward to it, dude. From all of us here, at NGC uh, Studios, have a good afternoon or a good evening. God bless. And God save this great nation, and, and God save the queen also. So, thank well, you. <laughs> all right. Good night, folks, and God bless.